Hello everyone and welcome to the Movement Theories podcast. Today we are joined by Zander, who is a student at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Zander is a first year there and also has his own drama theatre company thing that we're going to hear lots more about. Uh, you're also from South Africa, South African? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm British South African. Which I think potentially might have some influence. Yeah, I'd say so. Which um, we'll, we'll cover as well. Um, and then we'll go into talking about Carney Folk, which is the third company that yeah. you've put together. Co-founded? Co-founded. That you've co-founded. It, it's, a, it's a community event. <laughs> a community event, yeah. It's, yeah. It sounds super, super interesting. Uh, so, my name's Josh. Welcome to the Movement Theories podcast. You nailed that intro. I mean, there's just so much to, to talk to you about. You're a very interesting person, which is why you're on the podcast. I only get interesting people on the podcast. Well, well, thank you. Mm, yes. Yeah, so you're at Royal Central now, but you started yeah. Carnifolk beforehand. Mm. Yeah. And Carnifolk, like, where's that name come from? So, um, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start from the, from the, the founding of, of Carnifolk, because mm. um, it's being, saying that we're the co-founder, saying I'm the co-founder um, and the other co-founders, uh, Jake uh, Rayner Blair, um, makes it sound too much like it's just the two of us. It's, it's definitely something that we've devised and came up with communally. Yeah. Um, so I worked at this pub, the Volunteer Tavern in Bristol, um, and they they weren't. Uh, there was a few days in the week that they weren't doing particularly well, and I was like, okay, well, could we maybe do some events on some of those days? And they're like, yeah, we just don't really have anything. And I was like, cool. Well, could I maybe do something on one of those days? And they were like, yeah, sure. Um, and so they gave me, they said, yeah, sure, like, come up with something and then propose it to us. And so I was like, okay, this is Tuesday and Wednesday. I was like, on one of the days, I want something that's a bit, like, lower effort. Um, and so I was like, cool, I'll do, like, an open mic. And so I started ho- hosting this open mic. Um, and it was it was really, really wholesome to, like, well, at first it was really hard work because you couldn't get anyone to come on. Oh, I'm sure, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, eventually people started getting more comfy. Yeah, like, once you've locals. settled, kind of you've got a reputation for yourself, then it's a little bit easier. But it's that first yeah. process of getting started. The first one was horrendous. Yeah. We had like, um, I got all my family and friends to come. Oh. Well, not, not family, but all my friends to come. Yeah. And it was like, so there was a really good turnout. Um, and then I went up and I'd written this poem as like an introduction. And I had a few people that all agreed that they were going to come on. And I was like, oh yeah, like, so excited and like thank you everyone for coming and it was like all wholesome and warm and I had like a playlist that was like playing in the background and oh, like very nice yeah we had a whole, we had the whole like set up and I was like okay cool and I was like right um first up and then I like I introduced one of the people that was waiting to come up and they were like and I was like okay cool yeah no worries <laughs> um, uh right uh secondly we're gonna have this person they were like Mm-mm. and I was like oh man and then like they had like three or four people and I was like cool three or four people and then after that like people probably naturally come up um because we've been advertising it. Yeah, um, what are you doing open mic for? Was this just poems or singing or... This was just open mic for anything. Anything. Um, Comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, it's still running there at the moment. Um, but you don't run that anymore? No. You've no. moved on. Bigger, better things. Royal Central. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a sad goodbye, but yeah. Um, I'm sure. But yeah, so we... Yeah, um, so basically no one came up that night. Um, so it was like, it was me, I did my poem and then... Um, I spent two hours like kind of just, like waiting around, and then I was like, "Cool," and then like closed it up, and was like, "Thanks for everyone." And no one went up at all. No one went up. Oh man! Apart from no, no, one person went up, 
this absolute legend named Gareth. Um, Gareth, what G? Yeah, he came up and did some beautiful Irish folk singing. He didn't know anything about it, and we just like came up and did this like amazing bit, and then went and then went down and was like, "Yeah, cheers, thanks for having me." And I was like, "Yeah, of course." <laughs> did thank you know you. him? Or was it just no, random? I'd never met him before. He Damn. just like happened to be at the pub. So this one guy then just went up, did his little thing, yeah. and otherwise it was just like your friends from me watching nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, just there, and they're like. No, we'll just have some beers and then like yeah. go home. I was like, "Yep, yeah, thanks for coming out." And then um, so, yeah, it was rough, but eventually it, it like turned into something very wholesome and cute. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was like, "Okay, I want to focus on doing something theatre based because that's like the direction I want to head in." Um, yeah, professionally speaking. Um, and then I was like, "Okay, what would what would this be?" And I was trying to conceptualize it and. Um, it was my birthday, um, it was December. How old are you, by the way? I'm 21. Oh, 21. Cool. Yeah, and so it was, it was my birthday party, and I was chatting to my mate Jake, who had met at an audition. Um, he's a brilliant, um, divisor and theatre maker in general. Um, and we were talking about, like, how, how to do theatre in a pub. Because it's such a challenge, because you've got, you don't have people that are there to watch something. They're just there to have a chat. Yeah. Um, have a chat, have a drink. You know. Yeah. And they don't necessarily want like to be listening to something. Or maybe they want something in the background, but like they don't want to have to focus on something. Um, and so we were like, okay, like he pointed out, like you definitely have to have something that's like um, musical based. And I was like, yeah, but like, how would we do that? Like uh, the only thing that I could think of was like, if we did something improv, like if you did like an improv show in which you have like some performers that come up every week and they take like prompts from the crowd. Cause that's like, it's like quite fun. Right. Yeah. People can be like, Oh, you guys are astronauts and, um, you're in, you're at the sea, you're at the beach and you're one of you stubbed your toe and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah go from there. Um, and they're always really funny. Like these improv things that I see online. They get recorded. They're also really awkward, which makes them so yes. much actually, yeah. so yeah, yeah. like funnier, right? And if the actors play into that awkwardness as well, yeah. Um, and so we were like, okay, so it would probably have to be something that's musical based and involves quite a bit of improv. Um, and then we we kept on having these conversations about what it would be, and then uh, I was it was I think it was a second or third meeting that we well not meeting but second second or third time that we met up and we were talking about it. Um, and they just come from this, uh, this birthday party, um, our friend named Hallie, um, who's an incredibly talented musician. Um, and they, they'd, they'd had, they'd met a bunch of amazing people. Um, and were like, oh, you really need to like, you need to meet these people. Um, I think they'd be amazing for, for this project. Um, and then I met them all. And I was like, holy crap, these, these people are amazing. Um, and then we started talking about what it would be. And one of them, um, one of them was uh, like a drag, a drag king or drag queen. Um, and they play this character like Ernest the, um, Ernest the Drag uh, Queen. Um, Ernest, no, sorry, Ernest the Drag King. Um, and then um, it was uh, Noah Clark who also does like, plays his character Bunny Fizness. Um, so you met with these people and mm-hmm. then that was kind of like the initial group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, Jake had a few other friends because he's Bristolian and I was like, cool, like... Um, How Bristolian, that makes it sound so <laughs> just like exciting. What do you mean? I mean, I'm like... I'm, I don't know, it's like when you say someone's like, well, for example, you're South African. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, South African. And say someone's Bristolian. 
I don't know. It just it's a very fancy, yeah. It's very, but it makes it sound cool, doesn't it? Yeah, but he's he's from Bristol, right? He's from so Bristol. I, was, I was like, cool. We like, love Bristol. Like he's he's also been in the theatre. He he like he's grown up like in the working in the Bristol Old Vic, um, yeah. doing nice. different programs with them and all that kind so of stuff. He's very experienced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and knew a, a few theatre people and was like, yeah, these people would also be amazing. And I was like, nice. phenomenal. Um, and so with this like eclectic group of people, I was like. We were, we were talking about like what it what it would be and like what we could turn it into um and we were like yeah this is basic this is basically like a carnival um because it's not just improv performers um or it's not just musicians it's like that you've got people yeah people doing drag and mm. then you've got um it's like a queer event too and then well i suppose they go hand in hand um mm. And then you've got musicians and yep. you've got like improv and it's just a big celebration. Yeah. Um, and so we started having these jam sessions and they were so much fun. Um, Where did, you, were these jam sessions in the pub or were these just with you by yourself? Just These were, these were just at uh, one of those houses and yeah. just like... Like a practice, uh, kind of seeing what you did come yeah, up with. Yeah, kind of. And we were like, we were still very focused that it was probably going to be mainly music. Mm-hmm. Um it didn't end up being mainly music, but like it was, it was still like it was just fun to all get together, and we were all like, um, just like, all just like building these different like uh, sound stages, um, and um, this person Hallie that I'm talking about, she's like she's super super talented with like synths and um, mm. yeah, um, so lots of different skill sets kind of had come together. Yeah, yeah, but she's really talented with like synths and like DJing and like uh, mixing like a lot of electronic music but yeah. also has like hundreds of instruments which as you can imagine when you get a group mm. of creatives in the same room oh yeah and they're all just like hanging out um, love instruments yeah just like playing around on different percussion stuff um, and we were just making all these like weird and wonderful different um, sound stages and yeah so event- it was eventually like we got a, a hard date on when it would start and we were like okay 16th of May um, right now we need to actually like now we need to actually make something yeah, as opposed something. to just like getting to know one another and getting really mm. comfortable working with one another. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, okay, what would, what would be, what would be really, fu- what would we want if we went to the pub and we were like, this is amazing. What have I found myself in? And basically it was kind of like, what happens if we walked into like a role playing game? Mm. And, and this idea came from your jams. Yeah. Yeah. We would, we were just like, it would be, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that I think that's where it stemmed from. Is like if if people came in and it was like, it was like a, a like a silly place where everyone could just like where people could just play. Yeah, and know? have fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like there's there's not enough of that around. And yeah, and we were like, yeah, let's just make a place where people can just be silly and play and hang out. Um, and so we started building this world. Um, and so we we came up with this currency called Niblets. Um, Such a great name. And then that's like what what people were like incentivized to try and get um and to like incentivize people to like interact with people and do like quests because yeah. we had different characters and we were like okay so we based it on i did a lot of history like uh research on the history of the volunteer tavern mm-hmm. um and was like where like what can we like we wanted to like we wanted to make the history play a factor in because like that's where people are, are viewing it yeah and so we made it based on based on what the volunteer tavern used to be and like how it started being a tavern 
and it used to be outside the walls of Brigstow when Brigstow was like a walled city. Um, Brigstow. Yeah, Bristol. Oh, um, but makes it, sense. But it turned into Bristol, um, and cool. so we were like, okay, cool. Like let's, um, let's let's develop this, and so we made this like like every everyone's like very queer and very like fantastical and we were like amazing let's let's make a like a medieval fantasy mm. um it, it does feel very like skyrim am i right in saying yeah. that would that be correct yeah i'd say so and like you go into or any kind of video game or or like universe yeah so that's how we initially thought we'd start it as a D type yeah we um we were going to um we were going to make a. Um, we were going to do a D and D campaign. Our friend Jamie like does um, like dungeon master, and we were like, okay, nice. cool. Um, or is a dungeon master? And we were like, cool. Like you, like if you build the world, and we can all play in it as characters, and then we can like tell the tales mm. of the adventures we get up to as like the performance. We we're like that yeah. would be such a fun way of yeah of like devising. Um, we ended up being like a party of 10 and we were like, okay, we, we can't really do like an effective campaign like this, um, in terms of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but amazing to have world builders involved in the project because you've got people yeah. like coming up with like, like it's like sitting in the way lines of like the taverns like placed and we're like, okay, cool. So this is, um, so we said, okay, the taverns placed like in this mystical forest, um, outside nice. the walls of Brigstow. And the the whole concept we wanted to we wanted to keep it having a message, and we were like, let's involve politics in this because we we care a lot about. Good. Um, yeah. And we were like, yeah. So we so the main baddies. We were like, what's the conflict going to be? Mm. And so it became the conservatorium. <laughs> the conservatorium. Uh, That's yeah. brilliant. Um, I love that. Who's headed by? Well, not headed by, but who's who's the the face of the conservatorium is Baldwin's, who's um. Who's who's played by uh, this very very talented uh, theatre maker Imogen Downs, who um, has become an absolute fan favourite in terms of like just being this, this very little this little this little man who, who walks around with like this um this like grey wig ah, um, yes and these like really really thick glasses and is like and that's like the big kind of big baddie mm-hmm. kind of the yeah and he's helps like, drive the story exactly yeah. Um, and so, like that's kind of that was kind of how the premise started, um, and then we started developing it further and further, um, and we started. We were like, okay, cool. Like, um, a lot of the so I think who was it? I think it was um, so um, a few of the performers um, worked for Boomtown and did like they, among other festivals they did Boomtown. I don't know if you. I've not heard of Boomtown. No. Boomtown's like an immersive theater festival an immersive theater is becoming big yeah and yeah. but like i went to the festival this year because we'd heard so, we, we'd heard basically like this is like fr- so much throughout the first season we're like this is like a mini boomtown mm. and we were like well well they they, they all knew what boomtown was but, but like but sure. jake and i weren't sure and we were like it's crazy because like for the first initial conversations it was just us talking and we yeah. were like this will be amazing we should definitely do yeah, this yeah, yeah. um and everyone was like yeah this is like a mini boomtown and we were like mad well that's that's crazy because we've never actually been to Boomtown. Yeah. And so, so we you both went this year. And it, oh, was, nice. like, it was phenomenal. So tell um, me about Boomtown. How does it work? So Boomtown's basically, um, yeah, it's basically a mm-hmm. festival centered around 
this like massive staged town in which each of the districts of the town centers around like a stage. Okay. And so it's an electronic So lots of different stages. Yeah, lots of different stages within one like town right. set up. Well, but it's like, it's all like they all construct the town. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each of the districts is like centered around an arena for like a different style of music. Um, and so, yeah, and they have, they I think they employ like, a hundred plus like actors wow. who they they have like a whole story that follows yeah. throughout um and uh yeah like they've been running for 15 years and there's like Ooh. i think it goes between 55 and 75,000 people um yeah it's it's i can't remember where, it's it, where it's based i think it's somewhere down yeah. south like like far south yeah immersive theater i've noticed is really starting to especially for the last couple of years i'm seeing it everywhere now Mm-hmm. And I think people are enjoying it a lot so more. So much fun. Why, why do you think people... I mean, I know it's been going for a while, but why do you think more recently people have started to to like come to immersive theatre maybe more than they would want, say, to go to normal theatre? Um, do you have any idea of what a reason? I've got, like, I think, potentially an answer. I think it, it... Well, like, people want to get involved more mm-hmm. and... I think people like it's more stimulating when you can actually interact with characters and people yeah. and stuff. Um, and it's it's how I how like through Carney folk stuff. It's how I figured out that like it's my favorite way of performing and doing shows and stuff because like you're it's like I play Marvin the Mushroom Man, who's this Australian mushroom <laughs> with this huge like mushroom hat and has these like dangling like spore sprites. Oh nice. And they all fly around yeah. my head and whisper funny things in my ears. Um and so like like playing that character, we could we all devised like what our characters were first and then and then like made the story around that. And so when you when you're like interacting with people, it's like you're so sure of your character that when you're talking to people, like you can say in character and they can have so much fun because they get to play with you as opposed to just they're watching mm. you do something. Yeah. It's like, no, they get to like, they get to have fun with you and be like, oh, let's go and do this. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, let's. Yeah. And then you guys all go off and do something. And it's like, it's so much more of a like, interactive and stimulating way to like, not just consume something but to like interact and play with it yeah um, i would say it's a really great escape like yeah for sure. because i think there's so much now just going on in the world so much which is i want to call it quite overwhelming uh, especially for like as a as a young person like yeah. with loads of things that is going on and so we've me and me and caitlin who's doing some of our camera work today uh we went to watch a punch drunk performance have you heard of punch drunk i have i've yeah. never been to one but oh i've been told oh but we did an episode about it yeah. it was it was incredible um it was called the burnt city what we went to watch and i'd never done immersive theater in that way before and there's in like massive like warehouses mm. and they'd created loads of like what we did for set and it was just the most interesting thing i've ever watched and i would just want to continue being involved as an audience member and potentially an actor one day, and a, or creative in immersive theatre. I yeah. love it. Watching that has has given me a, a similar viewpoint to what you have about like how much you, why and and, and liking immersive theatre in that way. Well, I mean, we're starting Carney Folk London. 
Which I was just about to say, I would love to come to one of your Carney Folk events. Please do. I mean, but also the thing is with Carney Folk is we've kept it. One thing that we were very set on is um, keeping it completely open so mm-hmm. that any like anyone can cook. Yeah. Um, in which it's like, if anyone wants to join Carney Folk, yeah, they can literally just like talk to one of us and be like, how do I how do I get involved? Like, yeah. we have a lot of people that like they distinctly they come every single chapter. Um, but they distinctly don't want to get involved in the production side of it because it, it might kill it for them. And they love the fact that it's just this world that they get to play in, that they don't have to like mm. think up what's going to happen. They, they just go in and they, they have their own character that they've got in their head. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm this, I'm this character. I'm, I don't know. I'm insert. Um, and they play that character every single time. And they, they get to play this role-playing game with all these people that are living in the same world as yeah. them and they don't want to be yeah. involved in the production. But we also keep the production completely open. So anyone who wants to get involved can get involved and can come and play with us yeah. and build it with us. Because I don't think there's much out there that's like that. And I think for young actors who are at drama school, being able yeah. to once a week, just just for the fun of it, mm. you know, just go join this group of people, create a, ca- a character, be involved in this storyline and just like, Actually, practice the skills that you're yeah. being taught, and I re- I can see you expanding in the future so much more. I mean, you've gone from Bristol to now London and Manchester. Yeah, so we. I'm interested in how that works. We start. We haven't like done any shows yet um, in London and Manchester. Um, we're still like very much in the early stages of like yeah. getting the crews together and like getting venues and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we've we've definitely we didn't. I don't think any of us expected how much it would like grow mm. um but like it's definitely it's one of those things that we like we wanted to keep it open and we wanted to keep it communal but we never realized how much of a of like a yearning there is for community within the mm. uk um and like okay it worked particularly well in bristol because we're all like we're all just like crusty bristol hippies yeah and, yeah and like all the people that come are like, oh, this is amazing. And you're like, yeah, yeah man, just like, come and get stuck in. And then whatever everyone does. Um, and also I think Bristol's just very queer. Um, mm. And so everyone just like loves being in like this, like this space in which they can all be silly. And yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge to get going, but at the same time, it feels like everyone's always looking for community. Yeah. And I can, I can see it having a future. Like, mm. thinking now in the next, like, after graduation or whatever, it would be great for young people um, if in, like, every major part of London, I mean, not necessarily carny folk, but if, you like, the OGs, um, but if there were just events that people could rock up to and just create these characters and, I like, you've come up with an amazing idea. Um, yeah. It's really good. And I'm interested in now how then, you've, you've told me about it being developed from one of your houses but i'm interested to know like when you first when you first did it when you first put on an evening how that went because it would have been this brand new thing people would have been a little bit like unsure yeah um so we like off the bat because because it was a group of 10 of i think it was a 10 of us at the beginning we we knew that the turnout was going to be good because like so what I've what I found even from uh, doing the open mic, which um, which didn't start off too hot, but one thing that was for sure is that for your first event, like 
your family and friends are always going to like they're always going to be wanting to come up and like see what you're doing but it's keeping it consistent after that it's mm. like you're yeah. gonna get that surge of like people want to come support you but then it's like i want to come support you but i also can't come and support you every single show especially because yeah. we were running it and we are running it every two weeks mm. um in which it's like the turnaround time to like pump out like mm. a whole new show which is like three hours long every yeah. two weeks yeah it's, it's really intense um but yeah so the first one first one had a, a big turnout because it's like 10 people and all their friends come to watch it yes that makes like, sense. It but does. we were like okay what about the second one and like it was also it also went well but like the the crowd was very different the crowd was a lot of the people that were there in the first one that weren't there for carny folk came back to come see what carny folk was and a lot of the friends well quite a few of the friends came back but like it was more new people yeah um and so the turnaround time for it to be like just our mates versus it being people that were like, I love this. Yeah, people who are actually that interested. Did, that just want to come to it because it is what it because of what it is um, was so quick and rapid and we didn't expect it. We were like, okay, like I remember having the conversation with Jake on the first one and we're like, what if like just no one comes? Like, yeah. What if, what if we just like all walk mm. out there in our in our wild medieval costumes yep. and like I play Marvin the Mushroom Man. Um, he plays Spud the Potato who's, Spud. Wearing, who's <laughs> wearing this potato sack and like a muddy, um, like, what's it called? Like, I guess like a pauper's cap or like a novice cap. Like just like a, like a beanie that kind of like continues yep. on and just like. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, one of those yep. like medieval. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and then like, and sandals. And we were like, this is like, and it is a strange switch in which it's like normal pub and then suddenly like all these characters. Yeah, like normal pub like, and then it's just this world universe. Just yeah, bam. and you've got people coming dressed out as trees and frogs yeah. and like, and it's it. like, where are we? Um, yeah. But like, it was also one of those things that we noticed that like, that people loved it. That like, it was like a very quick transition in which it's like, holy crap. Like some people would be like, yeah, like this isn't for me. And then it's like, yeah, no worries. Like give them a chance. Like we gave them like everyone like 15 minutes roughly in which it's like, hi, we're doing like a carnival. And then like you give people 15 minutes and then you actually start like performing and stuff more. Yeah. Just so people have some chances. Like if they don't want to be there, they can be like, let's skedaddle. Like um, yeah. before, like we start having like random clowns coming and speaking to us and stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we didn't expect how, how rapidly it would grow and how much people would love it. Um, but we also figured, like, like what's the worst that could happen is that there's there's ten of us all just messing about in a pub, yeah. Um, in which is like there's enough of us that we fill the space anyway. Mm. Um, but you want people to interact and enjoy it, yeah, of course. And it's it's gone really well, and we've yeah we've so obviously we're doing London and Manchester, um, and we're also doing festival season like, um, Boomtown, um, Boomtown was something that we had talked about in which it's like we were already like uh, doing something that people are like, yeah, this is like a mini boom town. This is like so much fun. And which we're like, um, which people were like, yeah, yeah, we perform in boom town too. And then like Jake and I were like, we've never been to boom town. Um, Jake performed in the most recent one, having never been to boom town. Wow. Um, and I was working there um, doing like stewarding and stuff. Um, and I was like, this is amazing. Like we would fit right in here. Yeah. Um, and so we have conversations with um, Boomtown along with like a few other, um, a few other different festivals that are like um, quite sizable that we're trying to get into for next year. And which mm -hmm. is like, 
we were trying to have like a Carney folk tent or like that would be so cool. in Boomtown we're trying to have like like a like an area of the district in which it's like you're in like a Carney Town's building or like yeah. Carney Street or something like that in which it would be so much fun to be like welcome you've like walked into because we want to it's all about world building right so yeah. you want to feel immersed when you walk in and it's like if we could have like our own tent in which like someone would be like at a festival anyway and they're like oh i wonder what this is and they walk mm. into a tent and it's like you've just been transported into a yeah. medieval magic world and so, you've got like do you um, think that's going to happen yeah i mean hopefully we've got we've got meetings with um a lot of the organizers um coming like november december to mm. book for next year that's in which we've we've had like um we had the um which we've had some people like come through um come through to Boomtown, uh, come through to, oh, come through to Carney yes. folks, um, and be like, this is, this is amazing. Like, um, we want, we want this at our festival. And we're like, yeah, yeah. We, we, we'd yeah. love to be at your festival. Yeah. That would be amazing. Um, I think doing festivals would be such a great way just to like expand and grow it. And sure. then also like raise awareness of what you're doing. Because if you have random people walking into your tent, they stay interested. They mm. get involved in your different locations that you, open up at expanding has been an interesting challenge in the fact that like we've always been very focused on trying to keep the motivation away from it being something that's financially based yeah i want to touch on motivation as well in a bit we've always we've always kept it that the focus is on like having like like sending a message and having like community and yeah, just like making sure that um, the focus is on like spreading love and moving it away from like a capitalist idea of like, we need to be doing this to grind. And like you enter, like we've never had like you pay at the door. Yeah. It's um, just free entry. Yeah. Free entry. We have pay what you feel tickets in which it's like, if you want to support us, you can come like, you can buy a ticket and pay something for it. But at yeah. the same time, like, it's not important. Um, it just helps us out in terms of like, it helps us, it not cost us. In which we had the privilege, I think three chapters in, in which we're like, we're making like 50, 60 quid a night in which it's like, we can, pay, in which like, hey, for 10 people, it's like, if we, or like 10, 12 people, it's like, if we split it, it would be like five, six pounds for like a, a night plus all the prep yes, rehearsal yes. times. But at the same time, it will pay for things like, we can buy ribbons and little bits for um, costume. And if we need to buy things that we only need for Carney folk, it's like we can buy those and it doesn't cost us anything. Yeah. Um, like it doesn't cost the performance because they're always, they're already like giving their time and energy, mm-hmm. like so much energy in which it's like focusing on, yeah, focusing on just like bringing all the love and ideas and silliness and fun. Um, and yeah, they're just an amazing yeah. family. I would I would like to kind of talk more about the motivation in a second, yeah. uh, as well as how, how you're talking in terms of like the financial side and like how that can affect motivation and affect uh, viewing it. Um, I think before we get there, just a yeah. little bit more uh, just about your world that you create, and like you've 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 told me kind of about these characters that you've that you've built and that they come in and interact with the audience. Uh, in terms of the performance itself, mm, mm. so you you come in and is there like is it scripted? Is it improvised? Is it how do you block it? How do you plan what you do? And then also like what is it exactly that you do? Like how what are your stories? What are your okay? So themes? 
yeah, it's a, it's a little, um, so we keep it very open-ended, um, and we do lots of stuff by the seat of our pants, but the thing is also, right, because it's such a silly open event, it's also not one of those things that, like, like, I imagine with Punch Drunk, because it's, like, a very professional, yeah. um, setup that, like, yeah. you go and, like, the actors probably have, like, they have like a very very tight story and like you're it gets them. repeated yeah yeah we watched they, they it. have to make sure that they can repeat it like really consistently with Ghani folk it's like people are there and like if something goes wrong we're like oh sorry guys and everyone's like <laughs> everyone's like yeah nah it's chilled like people are very like chilled about it because we don't take it very seriously yeah because the whole thing's like whispering a message but it, and we're having lots of fun with it and it's silly but it's also yeah. like well, it's like it, it's serious, but not serious. Yeah, it's about we 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 cover serious topics, but we also the focus is on also letting people play and have fun, and we don't and yeah. we always want people to leave being like, oh man, that was so wholesome because yeah. like because yeah. we always do, we always yeah. leave and we're always like, oh, that was so good. Um, so yeah, we um, so we we frame we frame the evenings. So we decide like the first few we were like, okay, cool. How do we introduce the characters um this is something that um jake's a lot better at than than i am um in which it's like he's very good at devising and like coming up with like um concepts and like of like what which route to go down and stuff but also like everyone's so amazing and like creative about it that like it it never seems to be an issue that we're, we're all we're all lacking like um a direction to go towards um, so we frame what the night's going to be like, um, and like, okay, it's cool. So like, we're going to have, um, we're going to have it that it's a birthday party. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, what if it's a birthday party? And then it becomes like a murder mystery nice. and we're like, okay, cool. So like, it's a birthday party. That's like a murder mystery. Um, but we don't want to include murder because we want it to keep it really light. And also like, because it's very, it's a very fantastical queer medieval kind of night. You also have to understand, and you're in Bristol, you also have to mm. understand that some of the audience coming are going to be on psychedelics and like trying to, <laughs> trying, to trying to create a story which is trip friendly um, yeah. can be like, can be quite tricky. That's um, such a funny thing to have to consider. But I mean, like we want, we, we've always, it's always been one of those things that we're like, we want it to be trip friendly because it's like if you're creating this like wild and psychedelic yeah. and silly thing, like you want people to feel like, cause the thing is also when it comes to tripping, right? Like when you have a bad trip, it's cause you feel uncomfortable. And so it's like, we want it to be as comfortable a place that if someone decided to take psychedelics, they could be sat there and be like, man, I feel so comfy and happy yeah, right now. Yeah, I feel yeah, so yeah. safe. I, like I'm in such a safe space that while I'm sitting in this pub, I'm also like feeling completely safe as opposed to like, most people wouldn't dream like if they're gonna take yeah. psychedelics of doing psychedelics in a pub but like yeah. but like yeah like we were like we want it to be friendly enough and approachable enough that people could do that mm -hmm. um and i feel like we were ready there was a couple of times that like it that like someone didn't have a great time because of it but like apart from that it's like i we were we were very like focused on like we want to make sure that that's that we don't have that we don't go down we don't have energies or vibes that get too negative that even if we're like talking about like a unpleasant topic that it's in a way that it still feels like ah oh, okay man that sucks like or like oh yeah that's actually that's right we need to change that as yeah. opposed to like it being like man it's actually it sucks in this pub right now um but yeah so we so we structured it around like um 
around like uh, making sure that each evening we have like roughly the story we're going to go down um, and then what characters are going to be doing what roughly. And then we also have like quests in which it's like people come up with their quests and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be playing these games with the audience. And then we're also going to be like, I need someone to help me. I've lost my eggs. And it's like, mm. okay, like people have to go and find the eggs in exchange yeah. for niblets. Where do you take influence from to create these ideas? People, people are just mad creative, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I think it's, it's all about like, I think as people develop their characters, they find out what works best. So my character was Marvin the Mushroom Man, who's a, a journalist. I can't remember who thought of that. But I think, I think it might've been Noah or someone, but someone thought like, yeah, like, what like because I wanted to add depth. I was like, I don't want it to be just like Marvin the Mushroom Man's like a he's just like always trippy and on shrooms and he's always like he always like seemed like he's stoned. I was like, yeah, I, I want it to be like there's also like some depth to the character so that it doesn't also just get boring for me because it's like I'm gonna have to do this like every two weeks. Like I'm gonna be this character for yeah. three hours. You want to enjoy with, it? Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, and so Marvin became a journalist um, nice. in which his newspaper, um, which I think. Uh, one of the people that works at Boomtown, one who acts for Boomtown, came up with, and in, in which it was probably a Boomtown thing first, and then it, without us knowing it, it became a thing that was Carney folk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had the Mycelium, which is our newspaper, okay. which we write a new newspaper every two weeks that comes that's out, cool. um, and that's what we use for like giving people an introduction and a framework for the night. Yeah. So if you're sat down and I'll approach you as Marvin and like come give you a newspaper. And, and it like gives them a little bit of context of what's it'll happening. It'll give like, the front page is like um, usually explains like what happened in the previous chapter in like a way that's like news in which it's like <sighs> this cool. just happened. Yeah. And you open the page and then it gives you like it talks about like niblet crackdown because the conservatorium are using conserver coins and they don't want <laughs> you using an unregulated um, currency. It is brilliant. Like it's really brilliant. <laughs> it's all so these ideas fun. and like the way that they've all kind of perfectly linked together like the niblets mm. and the fact you've got a currency is is cool how can they be used how yeah you so we have a shop too at first we had a bar um which is a tricky one to navigate when you are functioning within a pub that needs to make profit yeah um but we had a we had um our dungeon master jamie um he was the barkeep um in which people could go and gamble their niblets with him. Okay, nice. Feeding um, into the addiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's exchange for niblets. Yeah, um, yeah, But yeah, yeah. if you get three niblets and you pay the three niblets, you can get a shot of twacker. Um, in which people are like incentivized. And also yeah. like, hey, it it's loosens up the night. Everyone's yeah. like, gets a little bit more drunk because they're like, they're, they, they're exchanging like their, um, they're exchanging their currency it's for booze. And they're like, it's very amazing. smart. Um, and then it became more like, and then it became a shock in which we had like different shopkeeps. Um, we had like knickknack, the shopkeeper, mm. um, who would have different like knickknacks that you could buy from him for three, nib uh, for different like amounts of niblets. Mm. Um, and then my flatmate Rose, who had come to all of them, um, uh, became a Theldria, um, who makes these beautiful little like felt flowers. Um, and then you could go and buy felt flowers for your niblets and you could have things to take home. Oh, um, and smart. so you'd have, um, so they, but like they got, they've got on like extraordinarily like complicated and which is like whole like orchids made of like felt and like wire. Um, oh. and yeah, so, so she's making all of these, um, and that that's like kind of what the shops are into. You could still buy the twacker shots and you could still buy other different like 
random bits and bobs, but like with a focus on that, because that's what she'd spend her time making in yeah. between. Um, and yeah, so people would like exchange their niblets for that, but they could also pay niblets to one another and stuff. So it just gave like mm. a decentralized currency yeah. that people could use. I think it's back. really good because it, it adds so much more option to what you could do mm. with, with the mm. night. It like the the story alone, which is it improvised partly. So yeah, we've got the framework for it, but then we also have like but. But there's nothing scripted, obviously, because also with immersive theatre, you have to be able yeah. to yeah to interact. Yeah, course, so it's course. like it's like it's like cool. We need to. We'll start here at eight p.m. We're going to need. We're going to need it to be at this point in the story, in which yeah. Like, let's do, okay. So, so there is a framework. Yes, it's a framework that you improv within yeah. that framework um, to get to the yeah, same yeah. end goal. Cool. But you also have silly stuff in it, in which it's like cool. Like it doesn't matter what the name of this is. So the audience aside, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the, so for, uh, um, for the end of season, we were like, okay, um, we need a fantastical beast that we're going to pretend that we've discovered. Um, and that's why they can't shut the, the conservatorium can't shut the pub down. And so we were like, okay, guys, we need to, we need to come up with this fantastical beast. Um, <laughs> and so the audience came up with cum horse. Um, which is a two-legged horse, one leg on the front, one leg on the back, and only makes a screeching noise. How was um, your audience? That's a Bristolians. Phenomenal. Um, Mental. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, okay, well, we're going to need to find this horse. Um, and so for the next, the turnaround, t- uh, Chris and Zane, who are these uh, like phenomenal people, um, uh, Zane does, like, uh, I think... Uh, uh, Rocky something drag I can't remember the name um, but yeah they, they do a really cool drag act too um, they so they, they they went home and they made Come Horse um, for the next chapter that way we can go when the conservatorium arrived we could be like no nay we have Come Horse <laughs> and then Come Horse would trot out and it was like three people under this like oh, MacGyvered horse that was like to the audience's description because the audience yeah. had explained exactly what Come Horse looked like, what it yeah. sounded like. Um, and so they came out in Come Horse. And then um, oh and then we were like, see, this is Come Horse. And, everyone, and then the conservatorium were like, shucks, they yeah. had to dip on out. Um, so who played the conservatorium? Is that part of some of your friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Play so, them. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's usually it was um, Baldwin's up, yes, until, Baldwin's up until the end of the season, in which Baldwin's season became one of the members of the Carney folk. Because deep down, he really just wanted community and wow. wasn't accepted by the conservatorium. That's actually, that's quite wholesome. That's quite sweet. We, we, we like yeah. to keep arts. No, it's and good, it's like good. Everyone's, everyone's got depth and there's, uh, people are approachable. Yeah. They try and keep some nuance to it. It's not just like, baddie, no. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, yeah, well, why does baddie feel this way? We try and, we, we try and keep that. And we've definitely, like everyone, the Carney Folk Bristol gang have definitely like introduced more nuance and more questions and depth in the second season in which yeah. once we've got the framework of how to run the shows, it's yeah. like, um, so like niblets, for example, like we came up with yeah. niblets, but like, we also like, none of us really support capitalism, especially in the late stage capitalism, which we're in, in which it's like, cool. Like, so we've got this off grid currency that we've created. Now, how do we challenge that? Because what happens if that's such an interesting way of, thinking of it how or, or approaching it of how do we challenge that yeah you create an idea and it's like that's i like that a lot i think it's important to continue challenging your own work and yeah yeah can challenge like challenging 
because hmm. as you progress you have to always think back on like okay when we made it we wanted something to incentivize people but this is how capitalism mm. works in which it's like cool now everyone's incentivized by this currency and everyone's like trying to hustle and then like it was wild we had like people coming up with like they had like like a niblet pyramid schemes um in which like you know, people going around being like being like yeah, yeah yeah invest two niblets get back three niblets yeah. and like and like like they were like running it and like it was working that's um, quite funny it was no it was amazing that's like, great don't get me wrong like i like, love that yeah it was just oh it was spot on but it was like we were like okay now that we've seen this mm. we've realized like what niblets have become they've become like like an actual currency like yeah. they're a hot commodity people bring yeah. back their niblets and they want to expand them and we also have to worry about what, what was dubbed Nibflation. Um, Nibflation. Because you've got to worry about your currency. Like, you've got to keep on creating more currency because yeah. if people take them home and don't come back in the next chapter, mm. then you start running out of currency. I see. But if you print, if you well, spray paint more 1p one, one pennies, which we don't do because that would be um, defacing currency. But if you happen to have blue coins um, that were one-sided, happened to be a British penny, yeah. um, and the other side was blue... Mm. Um, then you've got to create more um, so the shop doesn't run out of them. Um, yeah. And so we were like, okay, so this is, how do we challenge that? And it's like, well, why don't we talk about nibflation? Um, yes. And then like, mm. and then we take it off, we take it off the market, which is like, okay, we can't use niblets anymore. We have to create something new. Um, That's such a funny, like, thing just to sit down and be like okay so how do we challenge nibflation yeah how, how do we fix this i like, mean all of carny folks like that as we all sit down and we're like this is so ridiculous but yeah. but if we're being serious about yeah. how we live in our world yeah we have to cur- we have to question why this is a thing yeah and we have to question like why this thing that we've made has become problematic how do we like address mm. that and then like yeah and then like make it feel comfortable and make it be like ah oh, okay. yeah yeah so how did you address nibflation um I don't know. I wasn't there for season oh, you two. There season? Uh, um, but I'm I think, interested. To I know, think yeah. they've. I think they've decentralized it and like returned values down on specific on like niblets and stuff. Okay. Um, and yeah, but yeah, we're we're working on it. It's always it's a process. And well, that's the like, thing. Like, it's always evolving. Mm. Um, and I think if you're like going to be a creative, making sure that you don't get stuck in the same way of just doing the same thing over is always kind of growing and i'm so excited for it to come to london because yeah. it's something i will definitely be attending because it just like as a theater kid and as a drama student like it is perfect you just get to hello Josh goes speed dating <laughs> potentially potentially that would be amazing Josh goes speed dating with the characters in yeah in my so for context my producer uh over here has created this great idea of going to the different drama schools and doing some like a podcast speed dating type thing where I have like five minutes with different students and, and it's just like a, a little, not necessarily a date, but just just more of like a, like about them and their course and why they're interesting. I think and considering that, that, um, that your producer's also your girlfriend. Yeah, that would, well, that of would course. Be a, that would be a little... Yeah, who will also, um... also be filming it as well. <laughs> <laughs> How awkward would that be? <laughs> Um, but it is a good idea that, that you have come up with. So, like, I can't take any credit for that. Um, and so potentially doing a Carney Folk edition. Imagine, yeah, so podcast in Carney Folk. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, okay, I'm just I'm just spursing here. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's in the Carney Folk world. And you said anyone can join. 
So let's say potentially I, I join and I want to create a character and my character is a podcaster and I'm I'm recording in the corner, I'm podcasting with the carny folk going on behind me and then I just get like the characters just, just kind of come up and then just talk for like 10 minutes before kind of going back to their thing and that's just an actual <laughs> episode and I actually post it on YouTube. Imagine the mushroom man trying to and, uh, and doing it in character as well the, would be the, amazing. The most fun, like having having photographers coming around, and it's like, and they're like, "Oh, I can take a picture." And you're like, "What's a picture?" And they're <laughs> like, "They're like, can I point my black box at you?" And you're like, "Yeah, right. What's inside it?" And you're That's like going through the lens, and you're like, "Yeah, mm, I can't quite." Or people are like, "What's um, what's the Instagram?" And you're like, "What's an Instagram?" And I would like, love. Oh, uh, man. It's, it's it's so it's so much fun, especially when people yeah. like, because sometimes it takes people like a while to get it, and they're like, mm. "What do you mean?" And you're like. You're like, I don't know. I don't know what a what a sale 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 phone is. Sell you phone. <laughs> which is like, which is like, ah, okay. And then some people get it immediately, and they're like, ah, and they get really creative with it. And it's always so much fun to see how they spin it to be like, mm. in this mystical world, mm. here's what my here's what my black mirror is, and you're like, whoa, is it like an enchanted um, is it an enchanted doohickey? And they're like, yeah, it's a trinket. <laughs> and you're like, that's amazing. I would love doing a podcast then. Potentially, we can we can get that. We um we we also we carnify everything, so it would be a carny cast. Uh, um, carny cast, and it would be like yeah. So we, we do we we just add carny to the beginning of a word, and it's like okay. uh, we need to discuss the uh, the carniculars, <laughs> like just like random things like that, in yeah. which um it's it just keeps things fun verbally. I think that's nice because for an audience, like it is fun, and because yeah. they're having fun, they're just gonna go back each week and keep having fun. It's you all know? about building a community. Yeah. And like, it sounds like you have, especially if you're expanding mm, or thinking mm. of expanding. Like we're, that, that's the hope is that, and I'm, I look forward to doing it in London because I've just arrived here and I, there's, I haven't experienced much community. Like I live in Tottenham and Tottenham does have some community. Um, but like, I feel like there's a lot of space and it's difficult to find in London because there's so much going on. Um, mm. And I feel like, building communal spaces in which people can just come and play and get to know one another is like so important because yeah. like it can be really lonely. I like when I arrived from South Africa, like I arrived here and I didn't have like, I wasn't, I was planning on doing a gap year and then going back to South Africa. Um, but coming in January of 2020, it wasn't, um, wasn't the best time to come yes. to a gap year in the country. Um, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I arrived and like I didn't have anything to like even in the first few months before COVID like I didn't like I was in a town just outside of Bristol um, and there was nothing to really like bring there was nothing to like bring me in contact with people yeah. um, but like people that like were like minded like I was working at a pub but like in the town, like, there was no young people. It was like, once you yeah. get to, like, sixth form, there's not even a sixth form in the town, so people go to Bristol, um, which is, like, 45 minutes on the bus. And I was like, okay, so I'm not going to meet anyone around me that, like, like even, like, even, like, people, like, in, like, that, like, late 20s, early 30s, and I was like, ah, maybe someone that might, like, relate to me. It's like, sorry, I've got, like, a wife and kids I need to get back to. And it's like, oh, yeah, fair. Mm. Like, okay, you come to, like, you come to the town's Cleveland, you come to Cleveland to settle. Like, and yeah. that's very much the vibe of it. And I was like, okay, this is going to be re really tricky to like make friends. But because there's no like, like a lot of, I was used to being in school because um, I arrived at like 18. Um, and I was used to being in school in which it's like, 
you're with people like your same age and you're in classes in which you're interested in the same stuff and that kind of thing. And people get that in university. But like I arrived and that wasn't what I was going for. I was going to do a gap year, earn some money working in the UK and then go back to pay for my studies in South Africa because yeah. the exchange rate's so good that I was like a year's working here pays for four years of my degree Ooh. back there. Wow. Um, yeah. And then COVID happened and I ended up sticking around and met my... Um, my amazing girlfriend Maya, um, and yeah, she kind kind of stuck around. It. I love the infrastructure in the UK. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't love about the UK, but I was like, mm. the infrastructure and the safety is actually yeah. um, actually plays a much bigger factor than you'd expect. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I was like, yeah, I kind of I struggled to make friends because there wasn't anything bringing me around people that like had similar interests um and i was like man it's actually really isolating um like not have like the only people you interact with that like might be anywhere like like close to like similar interests similar age anything like that are people that you're like paying like for like you're like go to the shop and like you speak to me like oh okay you're like i'm buying something from you and you're giving me something that i'm gonna leave and you're like cool and like that's about it and it's like I just found it really lonely and isolating when I arrived here because like in South Africa, it's a lot more of a friendly culture. Like you, you go out and you chat to someone and then you're like, yeah, stick around, have a beer. And then like you get to know someone. Um, but it doesn't really feel the case as much in the UK. Um, and so I was like mad. And so when, when Carney folks started to build, I was like, this is like, this is like, this is like community that I haven't felt in like quite some time. Um, but it's also in a very unique way, but also like, I just, I hadn't found community in the UK much at all before that. Um, and so it, it felt so quite So you kind of made your own community? Yeah, I think, I think we all found one another. I'm very much in, I very much believe like, like energy attracts. And I think we, there's, there was so much love and like, I feel like we all kind of drew towards one another. Um, and yeah, I feel like we kind of all became like an amazing family yeah. um, because of it. Um, That's really, really nice. Yeah. 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 I, 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 whenever I go back to Bristol, it absolutely warms my heart to see everyone. Um, yeah. Were you planning on coming to Central? Um, At all? Because you said about wanting to go back to South Africa. Well, when I arrived in the UK, no, I wasn't planning on studying here. I was planning yeah. on working for a year and then going back. Yeah. Um, but then like, yeah, I, I stayed around for... I was like, I, I stayed and I was like, okay, yeah, I can study. There's like some of the best. I was planning on studying like um, performance um, or film, but probably performance in South Africa. And I was like, okay, well, I can, like, I happen to be right next to, uh, like, my girlfriend was like, if you're staying, there's like the Bristol Olvik Theatre School is like yeah. one of the best conservatoires in the country. And it's like 45 minutes from here. And I was like, okay, fair. And it was like one of the best in the whole world. And I was like, okay yeah maybe and then mm. i looked around and i was like there's actually amazing drama schools in the uk and i was like okay yeah maybe i'm gonna study there but i also realized that if i was going to stay here in order to fund my studies i need a student loan um and i couldn't get a student loan unless i was in the country for three academic years before the before the i see before it started um and so i was like yeah i'll just i'll wait it out um so that's what you've done yeah and so Damn. i spent three years just like working traveling and hanging out in bristol um wow and then I was like, yeah, I kind of made a pivot in those three years in which I was like, I don't think I want to study to be a performer because that's never where my 
passions really lied. I've always wanted to like devise and direct and do that kind of thing. I never realized that I enjoyed it, was good at producing, but I ended up producing like pretty much all of Carney Folk. Um, like that was the main thing that I was doing at Carney Folk. Like um, I found in terms of like creativity, I was like, I, I feel like... I, I feel like I'm not that creative. Like everyone at County Folk was like, no, 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 no. like, hmm. like you are, you are, you're good. You're good. And I was like, I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. But like, I feel, but like the one thing that I know that I'm good at is I know that I'm good at producing. It stresses me out so much because I'm a very, like, I like, I talk quite slowly. I live quite slowly. I'm like a very like, yeah. like mellow person. Um, yeah. Ah, uh, tortoise. Yeah. That's, I suppose nice. so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I was like, yeah, like, but I, I'm, I'm like a little bit autistic and that works very much to my benefit when it comes to being like, okay, organize everything, make sure everyone's on the same page, mm. make sure everyone's comfy, like make sure everyone knows what's going on. Um, and I found that was a big thing for Carney folk is that like, because there's so many creatives and everyone was so ADHD that it's like someone that can make sure that everyone's doing mm. the bits that they want to be doing and yeah. being like, have you done that yet? And they're like, oh shit, no. And you're like, okay, cool. That needs to get done. We also need this done. Who wants to do that? And there's a million people that want to do it. It's like, cool. But then like everyone needs like, basically just someone to produce basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so I learned that I was quite good at that. And that's, so I pivoted over to, I was like, I want to do like a broad spectrum drama degree. Um, and so I can, so I can learn to do more of that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I applied to do, um, yeah, I applied to five different, like, broad spectrum drama so courses. So courses kind of similar to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm was... sure that all kind of titles would, like, differ slightly. Yeah, yeah, they all slightly differ. Uh, the main two that I was trying to decide between, I got into um, Manchester um, Met's um, Drama and Contemporary Performance um, course, which is, like, a really, really good performance course. Uh, not performance course, but, like, a really good broad spectrum course. I would say broad, spe- broad spectrum. What does that mean, broad spectrum? Um, you learn lots of different skills within drama and theatre. It's not just like... Mm. Um, that makes doing, sense. You're doing a production course or you're doing a directing course. Mm-hmm. It's like you learn a bunch of different things and then if you want to, you can like you can like uh, specialise from there. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to put myself in a box from the get-go and be like, I actually don't want to produce. It stresses me out. And now I've done three years of this and like... Mm my degree is not useful. So I was like, I want something that's a bit broader that I can, if I want to specialize, I can, but if not, it'll just teach me some good fundamentals. Yeah. And so then that's kind of how you've decided on central. Yeah. On the so date course. It was between yeah. that one and the Manchester met one. Um, and I was weighing them up and it was so stressful for like a month or two. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. But then, so it was the same course that, um, my mate Jake had just finished. Um, in Manchester and was like yeah it's amazing you'll love it and I was like yeah and it was like I'm also moving up there so please like come with me and I was like oh my god like I could and then I could also um but then I ended up picking London because I figured studying in London is a really good opportunity to move to London Mm -hmm. um and London's a very inaccessible city to move into especially if you're not studying yeah yeah, the like, prices of everything. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, you can't. And networking, right? Like, and networking. Oh my days! Yeah. Since moving here, the networking has been incredible. Um, I do want to kind of in in a second, kind of we'll kind of move into more of the like producery side, I guess, because mm, mm. I want to talk about hello. You've not said what course you're on at Central. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a good point. Good point. Um, she gets at that. We should get. We should do that now. Drama, applied theatre, and education, yep. which happens to be exactly the type of stuff I want to go into. Yeah. Which I wasn't. I wasn't aware of when I was putting. I was like, yeah, it's a good broad drama degree. Um, and then as I did Carney folk stuff in the interim, which is like after I got my applications in started doing Carney folk stuff. Cause we only started in the 16th of May this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was lots of community work, lots of facilitating because most of Carney folk are people that don't have like, um, that don't have any theater background or anything like that. They do like performance maybe, or they do like drag work or clowning. Um, but they don't do lots of theater stuff. Um, you're saying like amazing for theater students to come into it. It's like, yeah. yeah, we had a few theater students, but like most of it was just people that would, they just came and enjoyed it. People who um, are interested, I guess. Yeah, people yeah. who are just interested. Um, and so that's a lot of, a lot of it's facilitating is people that don't have the skills of doing stage work and stuff and like helping everyone get towards a performance. And I was like, I, I haven't done any folk. I was like, yeah, I really want to get better at, um, at that kind of thing because like I found that Jake was really good at it, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I didn't have as, as many tools in my toolbox, um, for that kind of thing. Um, and the date course was so, was also so much about like, um, applied theater and like community work yeah. and, um, facilitating, um, and using it to also educate. And I was like, mm. that sounds, it's, it, well, it's what you're doing. It's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like, you've got like, the, like, you've I got into it with that experience. Tools. And I figured like, going into a course that you have experience in is a really good way of being like, cool. Like I, like when you, when I, I find when I'm studying stuff, I'm like, man, that's a really interesting technique. I've always done it this way, but this feels better. Or like uh, yeah. or what I've done already like feels like it works better than what I'm learning here. And I'm like, okay, but like it works different. Everyone works differently. And it's like, but having some already, some like, pre-learn fundamentals of it i'm like it feels like i've got a good foundation for it which i'm like yeah like this really works for me and that's why i've been loving the degree like the theory of it i didn't think i'd find interesting um because well just in general like the idea of theory like most drama students are like oh theory like i really enjoy practice yeah Um, which is why we're thinking about rebranding because we've got theory in the name of this podcast and i'm pretty sure that must put people off yeah as a as a bad decision on my half Anyway, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, let's um, go back. But yeah, um, so I was like, I was like, oh, I'm really concerned that like, and when I was speaking to a lot of the like students that were in second year and third year, they were like, yeah, like the the amount of theory you do at the beginning of first year is going to be quite like intimidating. And I was like, yeah, like fair play. Um, that's kind of scary. Um, it's also never been my strong suit. Like I've been very much like a practical person, like oh, yeah, yeah. learning through doing all that kind of totally. stuff. Um, yeah. Um, and then I started doing it and I was like, this is fascinating. Like, this is really, really engaging. Um, and I, I do the course with Caitlin and Caitlin's nodding ahead. Like, yeah, like, um, is it, the, that's the exact, like the exact same thing that she says. Yeah. You know, whenever she's talking about the course. Yeah. We've been learning about like national identity and a sense of belonging and like working with, uh, displaced people and, um, like working with different neurodiverse groups and Mm. like making sure that everyone feels comfortable within spaces and like working, like doing community work, um, and facilitating for people with different needs. Um, like whether or not you're like, 
if you're working like a care home or you're working in a hospital or even if you're working in like a community center or like a prison or something like that. And it's like, like that's one of the things that I found, that's one of the ways I found out about Central. Um, sorry to plug a different podcast, but the Young Vic podcast. Um, <laughs> that's absolutely okay. Um, they probably don't have many mutual listeners. Um, but yeah, um, it was a, one of the date students who just finished the date course um, was talking about studying at central doing the course and like um was talking about like how beneficial it was and i'd seen a production that he'd done at Brit that was playing at bristol old vic yeah um and when i was listening to this podcast i was like well that's theater-based uh podcasts um and like i i saw like i was like i saw him talking about it and i was like mad i actually just went and watched that and so i, I clicked on it and listened to it and i was like it's fascinating. He was talking about all about the course, and I was like, "That sounds exactly like what I want to do," and that's kind of like what drew me to the course. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's, it's great so that good. a podcast is what did that. Yeah, it makes me just hope that through these things that we create, mm, we mm. potentially have the same effect on other young people. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's so it's so helpful, especially when you're you're listening to people and practitioners like talk about what got them there but then also like kind of what um like even people that are like very early in their career like myself um haven't i've like i've done some stuff but like nothing near like what most people have but you're still very young yeah yeah no i'm very aware of that i'm not being hard on myself i'm just being like i just mean like in terms of like usually when you listen to a podcast guest like they've got like they've got like so much experience they can like go all the way back on um but it's like listening to those people like talk about like where I studied and what I studied and like what, how that kind of helped me develop. And like that kind of thing was so helpful and which is like mad. Like I can, I've having appreciated your work. I can also see what you're like attributing to your skills and Hmm. like your, the fundamentals that have got you to a place that you can make work like this. Um, And that can play so much of like with all the drama schools, like a big thing is like, they all like promote like, here's the most famous person who went to our drama uh, yeah, school. Yeah. Like, welcome to, yeah, welcome to the Dench Hall. Um, <laughs> and welcome to, yeah, and we've had like, we've had this person or we've had Benedict Cumberbatch here and it's like all this kind of stuff in which it's like, that's a huge draw. Like that's what I'd say, like along with like university rankings, which um, I don't know how much um, I don't put into. I don't pay um, much attention to them. Yeah. I know but that they're there. That, and that definitely, that plays a huge factor for a lot of people. Um, and along with the, between that and who was at their drama school before them, um, lets them know like, oh yeah, this is the, like, this is what I'll be if I study here, which isn't necessarily true. Um, but it, it helps a lot to like listen to someone speak in depth about it. Um, and through things like podcasts, it's like you get, it's one of the only unique ways you get to like properly hear someone give like a pretty in-depth analysis of different things and speak their mind as opposed to just like here's a, a 10 minute interview in which they're like talking about the movie that they were in and it's like where did you study it's like mount view next um and you're just like yeah cool i'm just like yeah i guess i'll go and study i guess i'll spend like 30 grand studying at mount view um because uh someone said mount view in an interview and i was like cool that person's really good that must be because they yeah. studied there it's like well that might play a big factor in yeah. it but it also might not like they also might just be incredibly talented went to the school were like this school's actually, this school's pretty dark. And then they were like, okay, fair. Well, I studied there. I guess they're going to put my name on the wall now, even though like Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy it. Um, It's why I think talking to current students at places 
yeah. so useful yeah and also when people finish their degree like to give a good like view of like like what they found once they finished it and like mm. being like cool have you found that it was useful like some people are gonna be like like you speak to a lot of people with throughout life and it's like did you enjoy your degree and they're like yeah i mean like i studied economics and you're like cool and so how did you start becoming like devising theater and stuff and they're like oh yeah no, i just i learned from that degree that never to do anything to do with economics because i hate it mm. and you're like that makes so much sense um cool yeah. like um yeah we'll get some grads on and, and see what they've got to say yeah i'm sure that'll well. be a really interesting perspectives mm-hmm. yeah that's why i love doing what we're we're doing currently mm. um i think it's super exciting and i think what you've got with carny folk is super exciting Something I like to just I like to mention is the fact that yeah. because we're both young entering the industry, mm-hmm. like five years down the line, kind of looking back on an episode like this and being like seeing where you are then, you know. Yeah, yeah. Seeing, be, where, folk seeing where Carney folk is then in the next kind yeah. of couple of years, three, four, five. Like I'm potentially talking to the next you know big names in the industry the next creatives the next yeah people who are doing things and people will be like oh yeah no i was um i was i was no name and um i was getting podcasted by jacob and they're like oh yeah Ah, yeah." wow (laughs) you really pulled that out okay maybe i have to include those bloopers then oh no you definitely do well you made me do part of the podcast yeah no for sure um yeah definitely i i also think that when like for example a famous person like when you've they've got their fans their fans want to know more about them mm. being able to listen to like pretty high quality like an interview of them as a young person i think that's also like really helpful it gives context <coughs> it gives a lot of context to how people like oh. how people develop and also who they were at certain points yeah, because, yeah like yeah. i in five years i might listen back to this and be like what was I talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You who, might, you might. who was this guy? Um, and you might look back. You, in fact, you probably look back at some of your first podcasts, and you're like, "Oh, I do. Like, oh, yeah, I do." Oh my god! Like, yeah. well, I can't believe that. Like, anyone listened to two hours of that, in which you're like, "Yeah." Mm, but like, you learn from it, you know. I mean, I've been podcasting oh, for, for like sure. three years now, and so there are ones of me at fifteen on Zoom doing it with a couple mates. Oh, that's amazing! And it's it is awful, but it also it, what's so good though is that you can see like how much you've grown and improved as a character. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think if I do a thing where I maybe come back to old guests, maybe like two years on, mm, you know, mm. I do another episode of you in two years' time. And then in another like three year, four year time after that, by the time we're like in our thirties, really solid in the industry, there's like this whole timeline of like your development. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also like really cool. But I also think with podcasts, especially with what we're putting out, they're not these like short growing episodes. They're not something that you put onto the internet. The algorithm pushes it to like 10,000 people and it's like, wow, it's gone, it's gone viral. Like loads of people mm-hmm. like it because of this 10 minute funny clip. It's like, things that provide value years down the line and yeah. some of you know these episodes that we've put out there people maybe in four years looking so for bird college which is where i go could watch the episode like they're long growers you could say you're building your own community potentially <laughs> yeah i mean we we definitely don't we don't have a community as strong as the one that you've built with carney folk like the ones that reoccur no but um i feel like you're not, you're not giving it credit to because you were talking about um i think you i think we were off camera at the time um you were talking about how you speak to some people at your uni and like they talk to you like they've spoken to you a bunch and they ha- because like they've listened to the podcast and they listen mm. to you have conversations with people 
as if they were like a fly on the wall, um, yeah. in which it's like they feel like they're a third person in that conversation. Um, and people often get that in which they're like, I think that's why so many people on my podcasts have like absolutely boomed recently is because people, well, first, first off, because people love having stimulation all the time. And yeah. so having something in your ears while you're doing yeah. something else is like, cool, I can wash the dishes and consume more content. I know. Um, yeah, but true. also like people <coughs> get to feel like they've got more connection. Like that's why people love YouTubers. Like they, they get to sit and they get to watch someone talk about stuff and mm -hmm. like they get to see all this content in which someone's just being themselves or a version of themselves in which they get to like kind of connect with that. And with podcasts, like people are listening to you and listening to the conversations you're having and feeling like, Oh yeah. Like I'm just one of the three people in the room having this conversation. It's like yeah. they're, they're getting a lot from that. And I feel like that's why people connect so much with podcasts is because they also get to have these, well, why there might be one-sided relationships but like it does a lot for them and they learn quite a bit from yeah it. i think i mean this might get quite deep now i think there are a lot there's some pros and cons to that um and it's something that uh, i have thought about but i'm now thinking about more because you've brought it up mm. is there being that pressure to then deliver in person because when i podcast i put on a heightened version of myself yeah. i put on a more energetic like i only have to do it for an hour and a lot of the time like, i've had friends who like have helped behind the scenes and stuff. I notice I go on, I'm this big personality or whatever. I'm doing a good job and I come off and I'm just exhausted. I'm like, yeah, that took really took it out of me. So then having at say college or a, or a university now, goodness, um, to, to feel like that there are lots of these people because I've done so many episodes centered around big characters at my university, mm. that there's this expectation for me to still, be like that and it's not yeah. and I don't actually I don't like it that much because when I'm actually in person and if you see me around around uni and and, and in person I'm not like this mm. all the time I can be but a lot of the time I'm tired yeah. I'm exhausted from a long 10 hour say rehearsal day um I'm hungry and so then it's that feeling of like I've got to keep delivering to people this person that they've listened to for however many hours of a hundred yeah, episodes, yeah. but I don't do that. And, but then I start to worry that there's this bit of a letdown and that I've had people come to me and they've been like talking about like something they've seen in a clip and I'm just like, yeah, cheers. Thanks. Or like someone would say, Oh, I love your podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, they're like, Oh, you've a podcast guy. I was like, Oh yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Like, I'm, and I always kind of just play it off and, and move on with that conversation. We're actually looking at it. Like they've, kind of had this expectation of like what I'm like mm. but I'm not like this every second of the day I'm yeah. like this for the hour and a half that I, mean, I do you recording. can't be that's the thing like I when I, I, I when I play Marvin the Mushroom Man it's like <laughs> I am kind of like that all the time because I do kind of like hmm like well, like I, I ponder and I mm. I plop around like um like Winnie the Pooh yeah. um and like I work quite slowly but at the same time it's like I'm also like you're also not playing the same character and you're just a different person and it's like that's also okay. Like when, when you're talking to people and it's like, like, yeah, that's, I'm not always like that. It's like, it also gives people an idea in which it's like, they might have a preconceived notion, but you everyone has preconceived notions of everybody all the time. Yeah, it's very true. It's like, you always expect, like, there's also some people that you have it, that are probably at uni in which it's like, you see them, they're loud and boisterous when they go home. They're like, oh, cause they're socially drained. And it's like, mm -hmm you aren't so you might be tired at uni because you've done lots of physical stuff but it's like right now you probably haven't just finished 10 hours of dancing 
maybe you have. I don't know what you did with the rest of your day. But um, it hasn't been a very dance heavy day. No, it's yeah, more no. academic. But yeah, it's like it. It depends on it depends on how people get you, and it. I think it is also just a bit of a reality check for people. And I guess there will that's be true. Expectations yeah. in which it's like they expect you to always be like this. Um, but at the same time, it's like this is also real life in which yeah. it's like yeah, it's like true. they'll they'll be like oh okay yeah you, maybe maybe you were just tired in which it's like <laughs> yep. I'm a person. I'm allowed to be tired. Yeah, I know. I just don't want to like let people down. I mean, no one does. I say that I don't put any effort in to be like this when I'm with people. Like I've yeah. made it very clear. Like I'm just gonna be me. Um, although people have said like I talk like I'm in a podcast quite a lot. Um, I've got they say like Joshua in your podcast voice. It's like I'm interviewing my friend whilst walking down the street. It's like I'm sorry. I try to crack out with that. My teachers called me podcast Josh as well. That's amazing. It's become a thing in my MT, um, uh, my MT tech, and I'm like, yeah, I've I've just stopped paying attention to it now. I was like, move mm. on. Like, yeah, there's all podcasts. Josh has got a question. I don't even like comment. I'm just. I mean, it's you'd, not like you'd, it's a bad you'd hope thing. that they'd kind of like chill on that, in which it's like, in which it's like, <laughs> come on, like you've got to also like take me as a normal person, like please, yeah. like I'm not just like a pod like podcast hosting all the time. Like, I mean, I do ask like good questions, like I would hopefully in a podcast. But mm. I don't know. It's uh, it's taken over a lot of my life. Yeah. Um. What about Carnifolk? Has that taken off a lot of yours? Or um, did it? Yeah. Um. I think it's because I think it took a lot of time. Um. And it took up so much of, so much energy and like to the turnaround time of every two weeks. Um, yeah. It's like it's yeah. You you're trying it's to squeeze in like two three rehearsals in between. Um. Along with uh, making sure like you've got the social media and all the all the production mm. stuff that you're doing for it, um, in which it's like yeah, it's a lot, and there's a lot of people that are doing lots of different things to make it run and to make it beautiful and weird and wild every time. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like I really enjoyed just turning my brain off when I go home, and I'm like, cool. Like I found that I was so busy with everything that it became a bit much. Like I was. I was doing all the Carney Folk stuff. I was hosting the open mic still every Wednesday, which is right after the Tuesday. Um, and then was also working a full-time job. Mm. Um, Cause obviously you got to pay rent somehow. Yeah. And yeah. If, you're, if you're like, everyone come for free and like, come enjoy and play with us. And then you have people come up and they're like doing the open mic. It's like, I also have to like put a roof over my head. Um, in which it's like, yeah. So I was, I was working at the volley, um, the, the place that we were doing both the events. Um, both in the kitchen and behind the bar, um, doing like putting it all together and being like, cool, like I could, I'm surviving. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I found it became, it, it was also because like most of the people I was interacting with the Carnific people in which it's like, but there's so many of them that it was like, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like a bit much, but I imagine with a podcast, the only consistent thing is you pretty much. Yeah. Um, with Carnifolk, it's like, because it's open we have new people coming in each time and everyone's just coming and hanging out and it's like there's like there's some groundwork but at the same time everyone is just playing um and that was kind of also a focus is that it's like we we wanted to make sure that it's like it never felt it never felt like a hassle like yeah if you're doing carny folk you're doing it because it's something something that you're doing you're going to come and play you're going to come enjoy it you're going to come be silly and have fun and like it might be a bit stressful, but at the same time, if it becomes too stressful and you find like actually, it's it's not fun. I'm not enjoying it. Then it's like stop. Like just take a yeah. break. 
take a mm-hmm. break, come back. Like, yeah. there's so many people that are loving it and are pushing it forward that it's like, it's not reliant on one person in which it's mm-hmm. like, I found that, um, I found that quite, um, quite a relief. That being said, I did spend loads of time and effort oh, yeah. on it. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But like, but it's so the, rewarding though, isn't yeah. it? Like you want to spend loads of time and effort on it. Like when I was on the last episode, like I, I gave this like speech to say goodbye. Um, and was just like, I was just like crying, looking at this like huge crowd of people who were all like all dressed up and like there's like under all these like beautiful fairy lights and they're all yeah. dressed up in their like their elf ears and their like full costumes and their full like furry furry like outfits of like of like <laughs> they've got like different furs on them, not like furry as in like big yeah. wolf people. I know um, what you mean. I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 I understand. Um, and like looking out at these amazing people, and I'm like, I'm like, holy crap! Like this wasn't a thing. Um, and we've like we've we've all worked together to just make this, and it's yeah. so beautiful. Um, and yeah, so it was it's the most rewarding um, thing I've ever worked on, um, and continue to work on, and continue to still feel like, like even though I'm not involved in any of the productions for season two, and we're still like, like I I go back for people's like like birthdays and like to go and celebrate the things with people. And I'm like, oh my god, like I'm just back seeing these people, and they're so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's yeah, it, it's just it's so rewarding that like it became a big part of, of who I am. But I was like, yeah, like I'm so happy it has been because yeah. it's such an amazing thing. Um, and like definitely it was odd coming to London and it not being something that it's like pretty much all my friends that well like most of my friends that I interact with either come and attend or are working on it. Um, that's one of those things also that it became one of those things that whenever I'd meet someone amazing, I'd be like, oh, like, you didn't need to come to Carly Folk. Like, you'll love it. And, like, it'll be so much better with you in it because, like, anyone can contribute mm. um, in any way, you know. Um, and so it just became one of those things that it just became feeling like part of me. It was just part of Carly Folk. Um, so, yeah, it, it became a huge part of who I was and who I am. Um, but, like, I'm also glad for it. I don't want it to, like, a lot of the time pe- people and practitioners don't want one project to be the thing that defines them. But, like, yes. I was thinking about it and I was like, if Carney Folk is the best thing I ever do, I'm so fine with that. Because That's it's so, so nice. amazing. Yeah. I was like, and I had this conversation with, like, everyone. And I was like, like, like this is the best thing I've ever done ever. Um, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Like, this is also the best thing I've ever done ever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone who does this is like, this is so good that it's like, it's like, yeah, like, like, I was like, yeah, I actually don't mind if this is like the coolest thing. Like, obviously, you don't want it to get boring for yourself and that kind of thing. But then you just adapt. You just, yeah, you just make it something yeah. that's like, if it's like, and obviously, if it's a community thing in which it's like, like, you've got lots of different voices and stuff, and it ends up being something that you're like, this doesn't feel creatively stimulating for me or something like that, then it's like, cool, take a break, maybe come back to it in a bit. Everyone mm. else is going to continue on with the path and it's and is gonna love it and it's like yeah cool but if even just what happened in bristol is the coolest thing i've ever done i was like yeah i'm i'm happy with that that's so that's it's a really nice way of thinking about it and actually i want to go on to the quite big topic now Mm. um of motivation because i think this ties into everything that you can do in life Mm. and the mentality around it as well because you doing carny folk has been a lot of work yeah. And so you would have needed to be motivated to do it. And motivation can can come and go. It can chop and change. And I think if your mentality is in the wrong place, 
it can make it really difficult to keep that motivation. I think when you talk in the sense of YouTube, lots of people, their mentality is, I want to get famous quick. When mm, that mm. evidently doesn't happen, they then give up. And yeah. then it's not something something that can be sustained. So for if people are still kind of watching this, I completely forgot to say like, subscribe. Um, but I don't... It's, it's, it is what it is. What comment it is. too. Um, <laughs> yeah, leave, leave a nice little comment. If you're an hour and 20 in, poof, I'm very impressed. Um, but in terms of like your your everyday life and, and, and mm. how your mentality is, and then also if you are a drama student, a theatre kid, wanting to do things similar, create your own work, create your own yeah. theatre company, making sure your mentality is in the right place, I think is so important. And from this conversation, I've got the impression that your mentality is in the right place because you've managed to get it, your your company as far as, as it has gone. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to kind of us to talk about the the people watching and like, what they can do for for their future endeavors to make sure that they are thinking right in terms yeah. of the way they approach their work. Um, I'd say like <laughs> what I <laughs> found. Cool. What I found is that like um, it's when the first like three years um I was in the UK. I was pretty much not doing. Um, anything I was just like working and hanging out um, and like traveling and stuff but like yeah I I wasn't really doing anything creative and like my intention was to go to drama school and I was like yeah I'm gonna study and I want to do theater stuff and I thought why am I not then like why am I why am I spending all this time just waiting like to do it like it's drama school is not gonna be the thing that lets me know whether or not I love theater like I know I love theater but like if if I can't do it now and feel like I needed the degree before I go on with it, then like that's probably indicates to me that I, this isn't the type of thing I should do. And I was like, okay, well having not done anything creative for the last few years, like I should just throw myself into it. Yeah. Um, totally. And so, so with the, with the carny folk, like I got a date, um, like our deadline date of like when we'd be able to do our first performance thing um, before we had anything. I was like, cool, wow, come 16th of May, we better have something. Otherwise, like, we're going to make a, make a bit of an embarrassing uh, performance. Um, but yeah, so as throwing yourself into it, it's, you hear it everywhere. Just like, you just start, like, just start doing it. Um, and I think people a lot of the time think of things like, um, like particularly with, like, starting, like, theater companies and stuff people always it sounds like a theater company like it sounds yeah. so intimidating right but what what is a theater a theater company is literally just like a group of people a group of people that make theater in which it's like do it do it with your mates do it with anyone that make a facebook group and be like cool like does anyone want to like put together like a show or something that like even if you just like perform it to like a random group like even if you just put it together and like re-perform a play that you guys all love and it's like cool like just put it together because like like all small projects and stuff it's like you only learn from doing it and yeah i think in terms of motivation like if you know you love doing theater stuff and even if you don't like just trying it out like it's 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 like such an accessible thing like i say that like in south africa there's 
a huge um like a lot of the theater in south africa is like protest theater and i think it's what grotowski um dubs like poor theater um which is theater made with like no budget like you you have like maybe like you have a crate and the crate is yeah. like what you um what you base everything around and sounds like, very date like your date course yeah, yeah 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 it's like you basically like making theater which is not reliant on there being like a whole bunch of stuff around you it's like you're just you're just like you don't need it like you the the act in itself is performing you're performing and you're you're putting on something and you're sending a like performance is just communication and you're just like the act of performance is just like communicating a message and trying to connect with people and it's like you can do that with no money you can do that with one person with two people with a whole cast of people and producers and lighting people and all that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I say just, just try it. If you have theater friends or even if you don't like just trying to find people that are interested in just trying it and giving a go. Um, yeah, I'd say like, try, do try and make a, make a random theater company. Like, write something or even put on something that's already been written. Yeah, like you've just got like, to start somewhere, don't you? Do something that costs nothing. It's like, yeah. it's not the type of thing in which you need lots of equipment and you need to be paying people. It's like, just just try it. Like, yeah. I mean, everything starts somewhere. And if it's if it's something you're interested in, no matter your age, you, you've just got to like take that leap mm, and then give mm. it a try. Uh, I love linking things back to the podcast. Um, but like my first time doing podcasting, was just me and a couple friends on a Zoom call that we recorded and stuck onto YouTube. Like that's where we started. Uh, if you think of like these billionaires out there, like Amazon or whatever, they started in just a little garage, uh, yeah. and, and and they built doing doing a theatre company. Here's my prediction: you've started, mm. and you've come over and you've started in a pub, yeah, and you've built this amazing. And you just started, you know, you and your friends in a pub. Five, ten years down the line. Ugh, man, whole whole warehouses, like massive theatres. We've, like... we've already looked at it. We've already looked at that kind of stuff. Damn. Um, in which it's like that we've already like we've because we've been setting goals and it's like we've been meeting those goals yeah. really really quickly. Yeah. And so we're already looking at like if we can like bag these type of venues that are looking for this kind of work. Like, okay, how would you're we there already, it? which is so cool. No, 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 we're not there. Already. No, 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 no. That, like, the goals are. You're, yeah, you're like thinking about that. So that's what I mean. You're like at that mm. stage where you're thinking about that already, yeah. which is so cool. Um, which is why I, I just have that kind of, that belief that I think I can just see what you've created kind of going to that scale because it's such a good idea. It's so unique and clearly successful. Um, but it does link in. Everyone's got to start from somewhere. For if, sure. If you're someone who's interested in doing anything, just just do it, you know? And I think it's whether there's the whole thing about mentality of, okay, I'm going to use um, my McDonald's fast food uh, analogy, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of how I, I think, how I think about how things. Our generation have got fast everything. Yeah. They've got fast fashion. You know, you can go on to Boohoo, you can go on to all any of these sites you know and and get the latest fashion from there and it's kind of quick it gets to your door the next day amazon next day delivery you've got fast food if you if you're hungry you want a burger it, it takes like two minutes i think our generation is so used to just things being given to them so quickly fast content even you know like every day you've got these youtubers posting new things high quality yeah 
where you used to be at a stage where for, for Netflix, whatever, you'd have to wait, or TV show, a week before you got the next thing and like you, you were made to have that suspense and to wait. People are just so used now just being able to get things the next day. And I think we're so used to that. And I think now that started to bleed in, especially when I listen, just, just listening to the way people talk mm. and the way people view things, whether this is on the street or your mates or people from, if you do, if you do like a workshop somewhere, like the way people kind of, people want things quickly, but success or doing well doesn't work like that. Now we, now the media give us the, the, the few cases of someone who kind of their career or whatever blows up over the course of yeah. a couple of weeks and do feel free to kind of like jump in on this. But I think because of this fast, fast food way of thinking, mm-hmm. people want to do well quickly. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's, that's possible for, not, not Most for everyone. Most things build slowly. Like, yeah. And getting to grips with that, I think the reason I find it easy with theatre stuff is like, you're doing it with a group and like, I always find group stuff. Like I'm a, a very social person. Yeah. Doing group stuff is easy. It's like, it's, it's a lot easier and it feels like more stimulating. So it's like, even if you're absolutely bailing on it, um, like you're doing it in a group and you're doing it. Um, and like, I get what you mean in terms of like it being people expecting things to come quickly, but it's like, if you're going to fail, like failing in a group feels a lot nicer. Yeah. And it's like, you can build stuff slowly in a group. Mm. Um, and it feels a lot more, uh, it, it feels a lot less isolating. Yeah. Like a lot of the, like talking about like overnight successes and a lot of that kind of thing. Like you see a lot of the, like, like YouTubers and stuff and it's like, they become huge. Um, and it's like, Oh, this overnight sensation. Yeah. It's like, but it's like, yeah, but they probably have hundreds of videos in which is like yeah. most of like most of that generation of like YouTubers, for example, spend a lot of time spent a lot of time just being really lonely in their dorm rooms or their bedrooms in wherever they're from um just like sitting on the computer getting involved with internet culture and then like like making all this content and then eventually they started to get yeah. re- they started to get better and better and then at some point like you create your own luck and you create your own success i agree and it's like and it's like they they had all this, a lot of, like I say they, like in this huge general sense, but like like eventually something's probably going to do well, right? Yes. And it's like, if there's, if you keep on, if you keep on at it, eventually like something's going to connect with people or something's going to do well. It's like, like I feel incredibly lucky that some, that like the first big project I've ever worked on, like connected with so many people. Um, But it's like, even if it had bailed, like it would have been 10 of us having a good time like yeah hanging yeah. out and then we'd be like we were exactly like, well that was that exactly was how do we like yeah how do we work on it for the next one and then you just build it from there until eventually totally. it's like cool no well, now we have something that actually works yeah and i think that's where mentality ties into it because if you're going into things with this fast culture mindset of like i just want it to do well mm. it's going to be very difficult whereas if you have ulterior motives to keep doing something. So it was being very clear that for carny folk, your kind of your other reason for doing it is it's you and nine friends, 10 friends is 10, 10 of you, whatever it ended up being like 40 something. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. you and in varying you and a lot of, of friends. Yeah. Just coming together and having fun. Even at the beginning, you were mm-hmm. saying like, if, if it didn't do well, it was just you and your mates just having some fun, uh, enjoying your evening 
putting on this kind of world. And you can sustain that without the rewards of having an audience turn up. Like you can, you can do it to just have fun. And I think if you're wanting to kind of go into the industry just in general and you know, a lot of people, why do you want to go into the industry? They want to work. They want to have, have, have a job. They want to do well. Mm. If you can find an ulterior motive that will just keep you going through the ups and downs. Yeah. I think that's how you kind of sustain like these YouTubers that you're talking about. Um, and like the kind of big names obviously didn't come overnight, but I don't think they were doing it from the beginning to be rich, to be a millionaire, to have a million mm-hmm. subscribers. They were doing it because they enjoyed making videos. They yeah. had fun doing and they it. They learned. a tiny little community. Yeah. And that community became huge, but it was a tiny little community yeah. in which is like, like for a lot of these people, they were their only friends and which is like these people that watch yeah. you like are the only friends that I have them, which it's like, then that's what keeps them going in which is yeah. like, and then it becomes this huge thing and it grows and grows and grows. Yeah. And I think like we get told all the time, like the secret sauce to doing well, like buy my course and get told. I think it just comes down to enjoying what you do and just making sure that each time you do it, you try and find a way to improve it. I think if succeeding is the, if succeeding is the thing that drives you and if you don't succeed, you'll stop, then you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Like if, if find something else to do, yeah, find something else to do. Like you shouldn't be doing something if succeeding is the only thing that like is the only thing that you want out of it. Like if, if failure is fine, then that's perfect. Like, cool, go for it. Yeah. Like, do then that, you should do it. That you should do it. You should do it. If you shouldn't do it with the only option being success. Yeah. Because it's like, you should go in like so, for some people and in some in like different walks of life and stuff. It's like success is the only thing that will help them um, like get out of a specific situation and stuff. But it's like in theater and stuff, it's like if it failing is if it failing is like going to be a deterrent. Yeah. Then you probably like you. It's like it's a, one of those things. You need to be pretty fucking vulnerable. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, no, absolutely. You need fine. to be pretty cool. vulnerable um, to to like create performances and create theater and all this kind of thing. And yeah. it's like, if it failing is going to be the type of thing that deters you, you, you probably shouldn't do it. You should probably look at something that's a little bit safer that, or, or maybe that's the thing you need to work on. Yeah. Maybe that's totally the thing that's like, I need to get comfortable with the idea of it not doing well before I go into it. That way mm-hmm. it takes that weight off because if you're going into it with a weight of like, if this fails, I'm going to have to find a different career. Then it's like, Oh, like, yeah. like do something that you can be, you can feel vulnerable and be like, oh, I really, really want this to do well. And it's like, of course you want it to do well. You should want it to do well. But if it fails, that shouldn't be the type of thing that's like, oh, okay, well, I guess yeah. something else. Because people can take years of auditioning mm-hmm. before they finally get their first kind of big piece of, of work, their first big job. And if you gave up after a couple months or if you were in the mentality beforehand of wanting success, you're probably going to give up after a couple months. Yeah. And even if like, you know, you really want to do well, you want to land a big West End job and you, or you want anything in your life that you're, you're working on to succeed. And that's, that's your goal for it. And you know, you push really hard for a year that year you go, you, you do loads. And then at the mm. end of the year, that particular goal hasn't been achieved and you'll think nothing's come by it you're then going to look back and you're going to think oh you've wasted that year you've you've wasted all that time but actually if you go and go through and like the and it's your mentality is the the way you're thinking about it is everything you're doing in that process are all these little achievements that you might not get there by the end of that year but you look back and you see but 
I've done so much yeah. to 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 kind of get to this point. And yes, I'm not at that place yet, but maybe I'll just go for another year. Mm-hmm. And like you keep building things. And then if you've gone and got that slow but steady, then I think you will get somewhere because you're not giving up. It's all and, and you're fi- yeah, and you're finding your own success whatever that means to you mm-hmm. um an example i like to use is for example this podcast our goal at the very beginning and i'd made this very clear for the little team that we'd created i didn't necessarily care about getting thousands i mean we're not even there you know but i don't necessarily care about getting thousands of subscribers i don't necessarily care about making lots of money from it if any money from it our primary my primary prim- primarily primary primary my there we go oh man um (laughs) it's been a a very long episode but a very good episode my primary reason for doing it was because i wanted to talk to people Mm. and views aside subscribers aside if i could get it to a place where i could start interviewing Mm. people from different walks of life like other people that i didn't know because i'd been getting my friends on yeah, of course. So people from maybe different drama schools. If I could get it to where I'm talking to West End professionals, where I'm talking to people who provide me with value, like, I didn't make any money from it, but I've networked. And I think in the industry that we're currently in, like, you need to be able to network with people mm. because a lot of it is about kind of who you know. It's all about, I think, like, it's, it's it can be quite vicious, but it's also about, like, connecting and trusting. Yeah. Um, which is basically the fundamentals of networking is, like, people is like people connecting with you and being like mad i actually like with obviously with projects and stuff like people need to trust that getting you involved will help them create like make their idea come to life and it's like if you the more you get to know people the more they can like kind of suss you out and be like yeah this creative pursuit like i can trust you to help me with this and i i can trust that your intentions are in the right place and that you care about this type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I think, I think success comes down to mindset. And mm. I think if your, your primary goal for, for whatever you're doing is just to be the best or to make all the money or to, to, to do the best, I think it's going to be very difficult, but it, like, I think you've got that really well with Carney folk is like, you're having fun. You're doing it because you're with your friends and you've just kind of had all of this just we were, come out we were of succeeding before we had an audience like the the success was in the fact that we got to know one another and we created so much energy and love yeah. um and community um the fact that we could share it with people and people could get involved and then it would be open yeah was a really welcomed like side effect of that yeah but, like the i think that's also another thing is like being oriented around success and like what that means to you because most people like thinking like what you want to get out of it because like yeah like people might want to be on the west end because it'll make them lots of money or that everyone will know their name but it's like a lot of the time it's like yeah but is that going to be the thing that once that once you get there that that's going to make you feel satisfied Mm. because it's like if you don't get that, then it's like, you're probably going to, you're probably going to stop that career path in which it's like, but if you just love performing and like your main goal is that you'll be consistently, you'll keep a roof over your head, but like you'll consistently be able to get things that interest you. And it's like, yeah. And keep like, getting better as well. Yeah. You'll, 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 you'll improve and you'll be getting interesting jobs in which 
you get to like to like challenge your own your own thoughts and feelings about different things and challenge yourself to do different things and it's like yeah if like you need to i think it's also important to question what success is to yourself yeah and also just be gentle to yourself people aren't gentle enough to themselves mm-hmm. and their own thinking yeah i think because people have this mindset of like of far, this fast culture of wanting to get things mm. and i think people maybe just need to have a reflect on their mindset now my mindset isn't perfect you know a lot of the time Everyone's i can be is. yeah but it's, it's true a lot of the time i can be very much like glass half empty mm. i think surrounding yourself with people who can remind you um but also trying to remind yourself very much how you think about things can be can be very helpful and i think that our generation maybe just need to reflect just individually on like what matters to them yeah and um and whether their like motivation for doing certain things is right cuz i hear so frequently people talking about like what they want and like whatever and like money has become like very important for for everyone people you know want like, want so badly to have have money and and I think just just really just having a think about like well, what's actually important like why why are you doing this um, and not having that pressure that I feel like people maybe put on themselves or put on others mm. in terms of like defining what success is. I think it's also one of those things. It's like it's easy to say like um, that money doesn't matter and stuff when you're coming from like a pretty privileged position because mm. a lot of people aren't coming from a position in which that that could be a thing in which it's like money doesn't matter like it's all about like it's all about making sure you get like jobs that you find interesting and they help you like skill up and that kind of thing or upskill well, i um, guess when i say money in this sense i mean like money I yeah mean, like, like okay, wealth, rich yeah, wealth. Yeah, yeah. um oh, okay yeah i'll change i'll change that word then because what you said is is totally right wealth doesn't yeah doesn't matter and i think it's one of those things that's why you see a lot of like in a lot of drama schools, like a lot of people are very privileged, and I think that's because oh that's goodness, because yes, it's because you you with the privilege of not having it, not having to be um, focused on bringing money into the family and um, and earning a whole lot. Like you have the privilege to also go to like drama lessons and. Um, like if you fail at what you want to do and you're like, oh, I guess it's not for me. Then it's like, it's not like, oh my God, you what? You spent like so much money and now you're in debt and you don't want to. It's like, yeah, you have the privilege to try and fail mm-hmm. and do something that's like interesting and often doesn't make a whole lot of money. Like I kind of accepted that, that I was like, yeah, the career path I'm going down is probably like, it's unlikely there's going to be a whole lot of money in it. Like I'm probably always going to be working in some form like hospitality or some kind of thing on the side in which it's like, that's keeping the bills paid and that kind of thing. But it's an enormous privilege to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, even if it's, you don't have the support, but to acknowledge that you have that privilege of being able to, um, go down an avenue that, um, and you can even play with the idea of failure in that kind of way. So yeah. I do want to clear that up because yeah, I, did no. talk, I did talk about a lot about like, don't be uh, worried to fail and that kind of thing. But it's like some people don't have that privilege so much. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, yeah, it's a lot of the time people that are in drama schools are coming from a lot of privilege. Uh, my eyes got really opened up onto what you just said because of the conversations I've had with my 
friends from Portugal. So I did an mm. episode um, about being an international student. Um, and the the amount that they have to go through and like the amount they've gone through to get here, like it's been so difficult, yeah. especially as with the way the loans work. Well, they don't firstly don't get a loan. Mm. Um, it's a tough one. I and then have to pay for because of that. <laughs> yeah. Then have to pay like double as well. Mm-hmm. The fees don't get a loan. And so there are things like bank loans and there are things like having to work a lot yeah, and like the the fact that their family has to make such a huge sacrifice mm, for mm. them to be here has really opened like my my eyes up actually on like this is this is it like they've come here to train for a reason and you can see it reflect in terms of the work ethic yeah they're never not working hard you know i was i was in um i've, I've never done tap support um tap before so i'm in a tap support class and uh, one of the, uh, there's an international girl who was in there and she was saying like, she was um, injured and um, was sat out watching. And she was like, I'm just so like confused why people would want to sit out. Like, mm-hmm. I, she was saying she hates the fact that she was sat out. And she was like, I, I, just, I, you know, I want to get up and I, I, I want to be doing stuff. And I was like, why do people like want to sit out? Why do people skip classes? Like, yeah. And but, but you see it quite too. a lot. You see it. Like, there's so many people skip classes and, like, it's, like, I, like, I consider myself very privileged. I'm South African and I'm white. So, therefore, off the bat, the fact that I had food on my table means that I'm in top 1%. Like, most of the country live below the breadline. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's an enormous privilege to be able to um, both make your rent and eat food and that kind of thing. And I went to, like, a pretty good school, given I was on scholarship, but, like, still... Um, and so like my childhood, like I always grew up quite middle class and I was like, yeah, I, I didn't feel struggle in the same way a lot of South Africans have, but coming to this country, it's like by comparison, it's like, I don't, I don't like even come close, um, to the levels of privilege that you see here. And it's really mm. eye opening because like, like I, I get so infuriated when people don't come in to like come into class. Caitlin's busy nodding behind the camera. Um, but like. Yeah, like, people are, like, I'm, like, I, like, I guess because I've had a few years out, maybe it makes more sense to me that it's, like, I'm taking, like, a £30,000 loan to pay for my studies and then probably plus another 30000 to survive and I'm still going to be working a job just to put food on the table. And yeah. it's, like, it's, like, the fact that, like, that's a reality. Um, and it's, like, and people are coming straight from uh, sixth form. Yeah, sixth form. Yeah, sixth form. College. Um, yeah, into university, and they're like, oh, like, I've, like, we, we, for our course, we have to be in three days a week. And it's like, people are skipping classes. And it's yeah. like, people are skipping classes. You're not even in uni for most of the week. Like, you're in, like, you're in three out of seven days, and you're still skipping classes and, like, pulling up without having read any of the pre preparation stuff. You're paying £30,000 just to be there. Yeah, it's very much the same. Um, I, I see it quite a lot. And I think that's probably goes for most universities, yeah. most courses. We had an email from the head teacher uh, about attendance, and I was like, "I'd understand why you'd get that at, you know, community college where I was before." Mm. Um, and I understand because people won't be interested in the topics. Like I hated having to do geography. I hated like, but I wouldn't skip a class. You don't want to be there. So I didn't you like not it, to be and there. so I'd understand why there'd be emails about attendance then. But I was like, an an attendance email. 
at a place where you're actually paying, like yeah. where the education isn't free, mm. because you know education for sixth form was free. Education here costs a lot of money. But also, like people, people are paying. Like you're you're at drama school. Like like this is not yeah. the type of thing that it's like your parents are forcing you to go to yeah. drama school. Like <laughs> I know like, whose parents. Oh. Like, yeah, like your parents are like, please do something that's like do something that will be like like have financial security. Like yeah, like be a dentist. Like mm-hmm. come on, like teeth. Um, but like, but like no, no one's forcing you to go to drama school, and you're still you've chosen to go to drama school, and you're still not coming into classes, and you're still not putting in the effort to mm. like get the information out like yeah like it doesn't it, it is it baffles me um, and it is just like it's like the pinnacle of like privilege in which is like holy crap like you're you're paying you're paying ridiculous sums of money that in most places in the rest of the world like that would be enough to live on for like the whole year in fact it is here too um barely but like like it's a huge it's a vast sum of money um and yeah and people just like people take it for granted um and I do find it quite infuriating. Um, and I think yeah. it's also important to recognize to recognize that privilege. And I think it's important to do that in general, like in yeah. especially in the arts um, and as practitioners to recognize like where you're like, what privileges you have, because it also makes you grateful for what you have in your life and what totally what like what's yeah. available to you. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that people always take it with like a negative connotation that it's like being privileged is bad. It's like, it's not bad. It just means that you're like, you've got it pretty good. And like acknowledging that you've got it pretty good is like really important because otherwise you're not being appreciative. It's like, so just appreciating and being like mad. Like a lot of people don't have this opportunity. A lot of people don't have this privilege of being able to do this kind of thing. And it's like appreciating it and not taking it for granted is so important and also just having a fulfilling and enjoyable life and being like totally the things you have be mindful like yeah. what you have and what's available to you is amazing and you should try and like i struggle with it i i don't always do it like but i try to and i think it's very important for people to do that in yeah. general i think just young, trying to yeah if you've got lots of i don't know what the general audience is but if you've got lots of pretty practitioners that are coming in that are like starting out their careers and stuff I think it's incredibly, yeah, it's one of those things It's incredibly important throughout your work and it will help your work a lot to be questioning and challenging those things and also recognizing those things in yeah. everything that you do. Yeah, I'm not actually 100% sure exactly who my audience is. From <laughs> statistics, <sighs> fired, knocking the camera. Um, from, is it still lined? We still good? Yeah, yeah. yeah, from statistics, it looks like it's majoritively 18 to uh, 20 late 20s and majoritively women um mm. like 70 percent. i think that probably makes sense because in the industry as a whole there are a lot more women yeah um our drum yeah uh, but men in higher places men, men, men in all the in all the higher parts of the institutions and then like it's still like almost all women yeah that are We're, like in the, that are like in every other position we yeah like in our course i think or no, in contemporary performance, which is made up of like, I think a hundred people, something like that. Um, I think there's probably about 10 people that use masculine pronouns, max. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're probably under 10% um, in like, just in general. It's like, it's yeah. very much like, yeah, like everyone, everyone behind the scenes, like 
on stage it seems like it's a lot more like diverse but like off stage not so much it's it's still like still mainly white people it's still like um yeah it's still and then all, all the high positions it's all men <laughs> so like yeah everything that's off stage and that isn't shown to an audience it's not very diverse yeah um, although uh, it's really cool that it's uh, there's a lot of women in the industry although yeah. it'd be nice if like it was a bit bit more spread out in terms of like women in higher positions yeah totally because it would you'd imagine that would reflect right mm-hmm. that considering everyone's like considering there's so many women in the industry you'd imagine yeah. behind the scenes you'd imagine that out of that group the one in ten men <laughs> like the, the one in ten that's a guy wouldn't yeah. happen to get, get the fast route up but. yeah it's it's caitlin's loving this um <laughs> uh, it is crazy and but i think this may sound horrible. Don't need to take a deep breath. This may sound horrible mm-hmm. in the sense of give it a couple more years. I think a lot of these kind of old white men might pass away. <laughs> and that is horrible to say. I don't think. But I think it's true. I don't think that's a thing that we should have to wait for, though. I think a lot of. Yeah. If we check enough institutions, I feel like um, I feel like a lot of people have been there long enough and it's like. They can get the they can get the boot. Um, they mm. it's not gonna hurt them at all. It's not like I oh, know your forty year career. Um, but it's like I feel like it would do a lot in terms of making the industry less predatory yeah. and also like giving some more experiences and like more points of view because it's like it becomes an echo chamber when people only have when everyone comes from the same walk of life and has experienced the same privileges. Um, and I think that's also why it's incredibly important for to have diversity in any group is that it's like it makes it more of a even playing field but even just for, if even if you're just looking at from the arts perspective the art created is going to be so much more nuanced and it's going to reflect so much more because you're going to have so many other different perspectives and it's not going to be one of those things in which the movie comes out um and you're like, hmm, interesting that like all the women are basically just like put like like shown as like sex dolls, and then like all the guys are these huge macho guys, and it's like, yeah, that's because it's probably like everyone in the writing room are all like guys, and they're all like, oh yeah, that's definitely how it is in real life. That's like super realistic. Yeah, I think it's the um, generations change. Yeah, will start to go in the right direction, but I think because we've still got a lot of of old white men in power. It's going to be hard at the moment. Um, a lot of the institutions have been having like a bit of a reboot, revamp. Like you were saying mm. about like you've had your 40 years, kind of time for a change. I'm seeing lots of like drama school, like educational institutions. There has definitely been a bit of a turnaround recently. I think Central's recently got a new... Um, Josette. 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 We love Josette. Yeah. Future podcast guest. Who knows? OBE. Um, OBE. Wow. Yeah, like there definitely has she's been a phenomenal practitioner. I'm um, so interested to potentially talk to her. Yeah. yeah. She is such an interesting person from what I've heard that I would I would love to have a conversation with them. I think yeah, I think one of the things also is that a lot of you see a lot with the institutions that like the changes made are made by they're still made by all the old white men who just puts like 
who will just be like, yeah, everything on the surface level is going to be diverse and then it's not going to be behind the scenes, which is why, like, when you look at theatre, it's like that. But I think it's really good that it's like, no, this is the principle. Yeah. It's not just like, it's not just like, yeah, we'll diversify, but like, it'll be diversity on everything you can see, but not like the actual, not like all the positions that will make the institutional changes. Mm. Um, yeah. We have a lot of, uh, but we have a lot of European, um, uh, staff. staff. Yeah, I feel yeah. like they've got there's a, there's a name for it though, like um, faculty. faculty. Yeah, that's, that is the word faculty. Thank you. Yeah, good job. Um, we've got You're a lot. Of... Right. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> right. Oh, oh man, you're gonna look awful. Um, <laughs> but we've got a lot of European European faculty, and I think that's been quite good, mm. especially for international students trying to come and train in England. Yeah, because a lot of places were like. Here's your audition. They do the audition. They're like, "Oh, you're a great. Um, do you have a British passport, by the way?" They're like, "No." They're like, "Oh, sorry, we can't take you." It's like they've just paid and come to England to do the audition, and then you tell them this is a true story. It's been said on the yeah. podcast, and it is awful. Um, like I think it's good that at Bird they kind of have that, and it's nice to see other drama schools. It opens the space. Do the same. Having people in the higher up positions. Um, that like ha- like having a diverse like team behind that that like run the institution opens a space up to those people, and it's like it's so important to have to have for it to be open to make it more accessible because if it's not then it's not friendly that it's not friendly to everyone and it's not accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's like there's it's always going to be like n- nothing's ever going to be fully accessible nothing's ever going to be a fully safe space, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't always be the goal is to move towards that. Um, and I think it's really important that institutions yeah. do in general. Um, Caitlin, you, you seem to be on, on fire with uh, knowing what I'm thinking about, which is, is, is basically what it is. So the word I'm trying to think of is to do with like, <laughs> is to do like, you know, like, like with classes or it's like, we, I, I said it the other day about like champagne um, socialist. socialists. Like, I feel like a lot of, um, the higher ups in in the industry, it feels very much like it's um, you know the the kind of a club like a, yeah. it, it, I kind of get the feeling when I see like posts on Instagram of like exclusive. Andrew Lloyd Webber. This ex- there, there we go. As exclusive as what I'm thinking of. Mm. Damn, she is on fire. Um, Two years. <laughs> yeah, on fire in the sense of like you just know what I'm thinking. Two years of mind reading. Yeah, <laughs> of like what is he on about? You guys can't see it. There's actually a whole script behind, just going at all <laughs> at all times. Caitlin's just constantly typing it out. It's yeah. just being read out. I mean, I'm always just thinking of things that I can't find the words for. Um, you do put them in my mouth, which it's, is it's good. It's very <laughs> useful. I'm just good at putting words. putting words in your mouth. <laughs> Have a turntable. I'm actually the mastermind behind the podcast. Sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, what I was thinking of is like, there does feel like there's this exclusive kind of kind of club, and you have to be like a certain type of person as well. Like you've got to have this kind of this power around you to kind of get through Mm. the ranks. And like, I've saw a post on Instagram the other day. It's like um, a music director music um who had done like an nymt show and like they were with um on a project with andrew lloyd webber and then there was just a bunch of these people like posing for this photo and, like they just all looked so kind of like powerful and like kind of secure and for anyone like wanting to kind of get to that level it's very intimidating it feels like you need to kind of have this yeah. 
kind of persona and you've got to be the certain type of person and i think it's it, quite that, difficult to it gets built like it, that sense of security and that sense of like confidence of like i'm where i am and i'm gonna stay here mm-hmm. it forms and gets the more it gets reinforced the more people get like that which is why it seems so intimidating it's yeah. because everyone's so sure of where they are and they're like i'm only going up from here it's like everything's designed around me and like yeah designing yeah. it is designed to like work for me it's i think like, for, for young yeah. people entering seeing that it's yeah just like, for sure you know hello Damn. That's okay, and that's, a, that's enough of uh, two white men talking about <laughs> diversity and uh, institutional changes. Yeah, <laughs> may, may, maybe we stop it there. <laughs> God damn. I mean, that's an achievement, you know, two hours. I haven't done that before. Um, Fair never. Yeah. I mean... So the, I feel privileged. One, <laughs> one hour is generally average. Yeah. Maybe one hour... Oh, uh, okay. One hour and 15 was you a You want to bear in mind that in post-production, you're probably going to speed up by 1.25 whenever I start talking. <laughs> Um, because I do. I know. I only, I think the only moment of that would be the beginning, and otherwise, yeah. like ten minutes in it picked up. You did, yeah. Is, you can keep this in cuts out, whatever. Um, me and Xander did a project together the other day, and um, we had to. It was verbatim, so we had to listen. We recorded us speaking, talk about what made us happy, and and then uh you had to put the headphones in and i spoke xander's testimony to our class but they couldn't hear him they could just hear me speaking do we repeat this because i think it's pretty interesting i don't think that'll probably catch it kaden come have a seat i think it's the point of the podcast where if people have got this far if they've stuck this long you know like i don't see oh we swapping yeah oh okay i mean oh i was just thinking like if they've got this far like they're not just gonna click off now. Yeah. They might as well get to the end. Welcome to the Caitlin and Xander podcast. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. They've not, not seen me. Diverse. They've not seen me on camera in ages. I know now you've got a woman on the screen. Crazy. Woo! <laughs> um, what I was saying is that Xander and I did a project together uh, for one of our classes the other day, and we had to record. It was about verbatim theatre and verbatim formula um, by the amazing, amazing Sylvan Baker very interesting um and we spoke our testimonies into our phones and then put headphones in and i spoke xander's testimony and he spoke mine um and it was very interesting because afterwards having i spoke xander's with the headphones in to our class watching and they all said i could hear xander they were like you you i don't know what like how i think the term was essence Mm, yeah Um, they, but they could, they could see me through you. And they could, they you could feel, me. They, they could hear the essence of me through what you were saying. I think it's also to do with everyone has their own like vocal, yeah, like their own vocal choices and um, inclinations and how they how they phrase things and also yeah. like the speed the speed of it and stuff. Your pauses are very like yeah yeah. And it, when I when I was doing yours, everyone was also like yeah, they're like. Like suddenly, I was speaking so quickly, and <laughs> I was just like, "Yeah, I think, mm, yeah, I think that's exactly what I would do." It was, yeah. like, it was like a lot more like chipper, and like um, it was like uh, ah, I've quite... probably never sounded that chipper in my whole life. <laughs> um, I I liked I retracted it. I didn't retract my statements. I like changed my statements quite a lot, and mm. I'd be like, mm, "Yeah," I'd kind of like reassure myself. Mm, yeah. Whereas uh, Xander, it was really funny because actually I found it quite overstimulating, like mm. having you speaking and then me having to process what you're saying and say yeah. it at the same time um but 
I could kind of feel me, even though you, even though you speak quite slowly and pause a lot, you come up with a lot of volume of words. And so it was a lot to kind of process and take in and then also say at the same time. I, I pause a lot, I think, because I, I like to think about what I'm saying. Mm, which um, I need to do. <laughs> I think you're very, you're very well spoken. I don't think you Thank need you. to. I think you just, you just process and release in a very consistent manner as opposed to, I like, you can kind of like tell, I probably like, I pause and I think about what I'm going to say. Well, I imagine my brain does this. I pause, my brain thinks about what I'm going to say and then... I quite mopely go, yeah. and then get all the words out, and then I'm like, done. And so I had a pause, and I was like, mm. and then a thousand words came out, and I was like, uh, <laughs> trying, to, and, an <laughs> trying to get everything out. I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun project. And mm. like, yeah. That's super interesting as like a, as a thing to do. Mm. Yeah. Verbatim theatre, check it out. I've, no, we've, yeah. we've studied it a little bit. Yeah. I, I come to... home and tell Josh everything. And mm. I you, always get, you know, filled in. You get excessively long voice notes. Well, We'll we'll do a day where we swap and I'll go and do some yeah. MT training. Oh yeah, you'll, you'll love it. Um, it's so hardcore. Though. I mean, yeah. No social life. We come home, we just want to sleep. Fair. Yeah. I'll have to get you some pigtails. Pardon? I have to get you some pigtails. Pigtails. Like, like my, for my hair, if you're gonna come ah, and be right, me. Of course. Wait, do you, is that your look? Do you go and wear pigtails a lot? Sometimes. I I, I always I always kind of <laughs> assume that you've got pigtails in. It's like kind of braided in in, in two different. Yeah, I like to change out with my hair. It's right. exciting. Anyway, yeah, that was my segment. Do you want to come and know. round well, it up? Enjoying the diversity on I'm I'm always happy Got to be this. here. Cheers. Oh gosh, Josh, you sound not <laughs> <laughs> a good sentence. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right. Um. Should, well, I'll I'll take take lead of host. As as the only We're man on screen, sw- I have to meet the Um Do you want to close it out? I don't know how you guys usually do a podcast. We're going to wrap it up, or have you got anything else that you want to ask? I mean, when we were with, um, mm. am I not allowed to call them Portuguese people? They are Portuguese people. No, oh, it was no, just no. the sentence. It just made me. The sentence like, just sounded funny. I I view it just in terms of reaching new audiences. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and so <laughs> because of the audience that we were reaching for them, we are like introed and, and done sort of in Portuguese, and they know. Yes, that see the what? context was important to yeah. that sentence. Yeah. Oh, sorry. See, I just say things. Um, I, I can talk in Afrikaans, but I, I think that iemand. We're teaching Afrikaans Josh how to say movement theories in multiple languages. That's South African, I'm guessing. Uh, Afrikaans, yeah. There's a there's eleven official languages in yes, South Africa. Because there, um, there was there were seventy two in Uganda. Seventy two. I thought it was less than that, like thirties. No, seventy two. I mean, we learned. You've got to bear in mind that. Well, this is a whole different other conversation. But, <laughs> but Africa, um, the countries within Africa are pretty much all made up by um, how the Europeans decided they wanted yeah. to cut and dissect the, the continent. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, which is why there's like so many languages in each country. It's because the countries probably wouldn't be nearly as big nor speak as many languages if they got to choose. And yeah. If they even, if, if they, if, if like, the people that were there even wanted to have borders, which they mm. they had territories but not borders. Yeah. But it's like it was a very European concept to come and be like, and here's, lot- here's the borders, and it's like anyone in these borders, you're now South African. It's like, but there's like eleven different languages because yeah. there's different dialects, and none of us re- like. I don't. One side of the country is different to the other side, so it's like. Yeah, we were having a conversation about where we were from, mm. and I was asking you about where you were from 
in South Africa and you were like, oh, I'm like eight hours from Cape Town. That was like yeah. your reference as to, <laughs> as to where you live. Eight hours from Cape Town is like... But, well, exactly. Eight yeah. hours in the UK because we're so much tinier yeah. is a huge distance. But you're like, yeah, eight hours from Cape Town. That's like yeah, where it's, I live. It's in the same province. Um, and then it's like, you can go from like, you can drive for like three or four days from one side of the country. That's to insane. The other. Insane. Um, but yeah, when we, yeah. we went to Uganda over the summer and... Um, they everywhere you went they also spoke english and i'm mm. sure that probably translates to a lot of african countries because of the way um, well, um a lot of it is like it's like a main language isn't it yeah in the school we visited they had to speak english at school it, de- it depends which colonial yeah. power was in charge of which area like like in the french Nam- in Namibia, in certain it's places. All, all german um mm. yeah like in like cameroon it's like they also they speak french they're some of the most beautiful like French oh, like I bet. listening to a Cameroonian accent which is like so like buttery and smooth mm. speak French it's like eight hours from Cape Town Josh yeah, eight hours from Cape Town. <laughs> well, like in the garden route but then I also but I moved to Cape Town and lived there for like I think uh seven years um so I was in I was in Cape Town for yeah. For the most consistent amount of time. I moved I I grew up in like little random like hippie villages in the middle of nowhere um that had you had to drive 20 minutes to get signal um <laughs> to like make phone calls and shit yeah. um with like no electricity and stuff so it's like i i moved around quite a bit and then the place i was in most consistently was in um cape town at the end nice. that's nice. where like i How had my teenage years Durban, uh, like two three days <laughs> i think it's I like probably that you go in days rather than hours that's yeah, wonderful i went to i went to durban um, and cape town um, like you you'd fly like yeah, you'd, unless you were, if you were driving you'd you'd be like it would be like a road might, trip. It would probably be, but it'd probably be more expensive depending on how many people you're yeah. going with. Because it's like the amount of fuel and the amount of like where you're going to sleep. Um, yeah. 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 We, but it's in South Africa, isn't it? Hmm? Durban. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's so in KwaZulu Natal. We'd, um, yeah, we'd gone to Durban. We were there for three weeks. And then I think we must have flown then to South Africa. It's a, it's a humid area. I hadn't realized it was so very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. You, you, I mean, the, the flight's like. I don't know, like a few hours. Yeah. Um, but it's like... But that's like it would take two, three days to drive to Italy. But you could also take like the coach. Yeah. Um, but it would it would be like a, a long coach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of sitting next to people eating... You like, don't know. Like, oh, like, like eating the cheese and cheese and onion chips and you're like, oh, that yeah. crisps. So. Um, no, thank you. That being said, because of the culture, taking a coach is so much more fun in South Africa. Oh, I bet. Like, we, we went to the most recently and I went with Maya, my girlfriend, um... And she'd never been. Um, and we took a coach. It was like seven hours. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously you're sat next to someone. So of course you're You just gonna, get chatting. Of course you're going to have a, a really long conversation and know everything about their kids. And uh, I and love gonna, that. And you're going to be like munching on food and like, um, oh, this is this is the most South African thing ever. <laughs> so we stopped, um, like we're like an hour away from our destination. We stopped at a petrol station um so the driver could go and go and have a fist and then like while while we were all sat there and people like so the coach stops at random petrol stations and you can go and get some like food and stuff and like people just pop to the loo and it's not like one of those things that's specific it's just like if someone's like yeah, can we stop for the loo it's like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so he went to the bathroom and like 
people people went up like there was this guy he like went up and he like started the coach and he like started the bus and then like and the guy was like the guy was like was like trying to get in he was like halfway through the bathroom and he'd like run back and then everyone would go and sit down again and then he would like he was like oh guys and then like he would like stop going towards the bathroom again and then like someone would go 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 and he would like that's so funny and then they they did it too much and they I think the ignition or something like um like flooded the ignition or something like oh, that yeah, and they couldn't get the they couldn't get the coach started and we had to switch coaches um wow. just so we could make it to our flight to get back to the uk that um, is insane he was like he was like he was like ah sorry like Ish, i don't know like when we're gonna be able to get going again we were like we're gonna miss our flight if we don't yeah. he was like uh made a Sounds couple good. phone calls and was like ah someone's gonna come past in a bit like you can hitch a lift with them and we were like cheers thank you and they're like but it's just like people are just like it's a lot more laid back um it seems seems more chill yeah so a coach a coach journey that would be a few days would be like yeah you're like getting to know some people and a lot of the time they'll be like quite friendly that's you're, really you're, nice you'll make some interesting relationships yeah i wish that there was more of that culture i've England, just moved yeah. in England, i've just AirPods moved in, everyone's to hoods up. yeah i've just moved into student accommodation and like i'll get in the lift and people don't speak to me like it's very isolating mm. and you know we're from like little town in Devon and everyone kind of knows everyone. So you end up chatting to people quite yeah. a lot. Um, and I was actually having a conversation with my uncle who's from like more of the North of England. And he was like, Caitlin, the culture, cause I was telling them that I went to visit my grandparents mm. in Northern mm. Ireland. And I was like, everyone just says good morning. Like everyone chats to you. Like you don't know them, but everyone will speak to you. And I was yeah. like, I love that. And he went, that's normal in the north of England, Caitlin. It's just the south. No one's everyone's yes. grumpy. No one speaks to each other. But living in London, um, the culture at like in central, like in mm. the school, is really different. And I could talk to anyone on any course because we've all come as okay. individuals, which is so lovely. But actually, living in London and living in halls without people who go to my university, yeah. no one speaks to each other, it's, which it's is really do, sad. It's all to do with community. Yeah. Because, like, here we go. We're looking back. Yeah, but like you, you go to uni. It's like everyone's like, oh, we all we're all at the same university. Therefore, it's okay for us to be friendly to one another. But like in London, no one knows what everyone was about, so no one talks to one another. But it's like the second you see a Royal Central thing, you're like, oh, Central, yeah, yeah, mates. We don't know one another. Like I can relate to you as much as someone else on the tube, but you're not gonna have that conversation. Um, and in I feel like in smaller places, you get more community, which yeah. is why like if you're in a small town, everyone knows one another. People say hello to one another and that kind of stuff. But like. The, the more disconnected people get and the less community there is, the less yeah. is communication. I think building community is super important, mm-hmm. not just like in, in in person, but say if you're doing your things, building a community, mm-hmm. doing a, a thing like a podcast, building... A Join the community, guys. Like, subscribe, so comment down uh, below. Uh, uh, I'm such a good podcast host. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, plug, plug, plug. Yeah, especially like, that's why I like uh, interviewing people from different countries because then you build a diverse community as well yeah mm. and I would that was very good my, my community was like 90 percent men who are you know 18. all from the same background yeah, yeah. that would be boring but i think we've got a nice little mm-hmm. statistics. yeah definitely um, what what do you want to plug i know we're like two uh, and a half hours in oh, but plugging stuff um yeah go and uh follow the carney folk stuff um, we'll put it in the description i can do that yeah or actually to make it to make it difficult for you um, Carney folk, that's out right up there. Um, <laughs> that's Josh's job. Yeah. Uh, are you zooming in so you can't see my hand? No, no, no. I've zoomed out so I can see your hand. Okay, yeah. Carney folk, um, <laughs> pop that right there. Um, okay. At carney.folk. We um, shall see. And then. <laughs> can't promise that, I think. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, my name is Xander Sindri. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this has I'm... been Xander Sindri. Can we just say one more thing um, before we go? Uh, this is actually Josh's birthday episode, so happy birthday, Josh. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> we won't sing. That, uh, the people have sat through two hours. They don't need happy birthday. But happy birthday, Josh. Yeah, Everyone birthday. comment down below, happy birthday, Josh. That's not good. <laughs> uh, no. The one person who makes the it. One, <laughs> yeah. Whoever's made it this far in, you know better one person, one person makes it, happy birthday, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Jacob. <laughs> here's, here's like the crazy thing, though. Our two and a half hour conversation, whatever it is, like, I'd probably, I've, might listen to the whole thing. And you are that, real if you've that done that. Person, that. That's crazy to me. We love you. Yeah, we do. We you deserve a prize. <laughs> no, I genuinely think I could. Because it's been so interesting. I have technically been a viewer because I've just sat and watched this whole conversation. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And no, and I really enjoyed it. But I also just like the both of you. So I have right. a, it I have a, help, yeah. So yeah. I think what we were talking about was fairly interesting. It was interesting. I think we've done a pretty good job. Yeah. But, I mean, apart from that, if any of, any of the Carney folk listen to this, Big ups, big love to all the Carney family. Yeah, big um, love to the Carney folk. The Carney gang, like Me and Josh can't wait to meet you all. Yeah. We're going to um, come. And also, if you want to get involved um, in anything like that, yeah, just... Go for it. Go for, go for it. Let's slide into the Carney folk. Um, just send a message. Um, we're going to be in London, Manchester, um, Bristol. Um, yeah, just say hello. Come get involved. Um, it's completely open. And the more lovely little beans, the better. Yeah. So, yeah. The more the merrier. Yeah. Also, just go and do your own thing. Huh? Yeah, do your own thing. That's the message. Yeah. I think we've talked a lot uh, on this episode about uh, people's like motivation to doing things, and I think at the end of the day, yeah, do your own thing, and you know, using what we said, like have that influence maybe on your mentality and the way you approach it. I don't think you just have fun. With it. Be happy, have fun, play games. Yeah. Be silly, play more. Do you want to do an outro for me, Caitlin? Okay, <gasps> I'm nervous now. Okay, I mean, well, is this going to be more slick than the intro? <laughs> oh, no. Ouch! Competition. Okay. We can we can stand we'll add it to our tally. Yeah. We can do a fake stand up at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll we'll we'll, we'll exit. Josh can turn off the lights. Okay. Well, this has been the Movement Theories podcast. I have been briefly appeared, briefly appeared, but I have been Caitlin McCann. This has been Xander Sindri, and we have obviously had Joshua Cambridge. Um, now cameraman Joshua Cambridge. Um, please. <laughs> Well, full name everyone else. Um, please like and subscribe and comment. Go follow all of our social medias, which I work very, very hard on. On the Instagram, the TikTok, go and show some love. Um, and go and check out Kind of Folk and get involved in any of your local theatre community. Um, thank you for watching. If you've gotten this far, we are very impressed and we are very grateful. Um, but yeah, see you next week. Bye. Lots of love. Bye.